and welcome to Bad End Podcast. This is the end of the year 2021 special. The Goaties are here. I am joined as always by my co-host Kyle Cookstill. Kyle. Hello. How's it going? And we also have some special guests from the Superculture gang. Uh, you've seen them on the show before. Uh, they are reprising their roles. We got Yusuf Cole. Yusuf Cole, how's it doing? How's it, how's it going? How's it doing? It's doing good. It's going great. I'm <laughs> ready to talk Goaty. Not to be confused. Happy to be here. Got yay. Uh, somebody <laughs> that I used to know. Irony. Um, we got Zach Coatser. Zach, how's it going? to all my fellow uh, COVID havers. COVID getting over. COVID hers. getting over. Yesterday was my release day. I'm, I'm allowed back into the world. Um, just in time for rumors to spread that Canada is yep. shutting everything down again. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. It's, you know, the message is crystal clear, though. Um, they don't want me to stop playing Halo. And, you know, I, I hear them. I hear them loud and clear. Um, I want my this. country, my country demands me to continue playing Halo Infinite, and I have no choice but to heed the call. And then, last but not least, we've got Reed McCarter. Reed, how's it going? Hi, I'm here. Sorry, I don't have video. I'm actually recording from uh, Premier of Ontario Doug Ford's bathroom, trying to get the scoop on whether or not we will be having another lockdown, so I can tell Zach whether uh, to go outside or not. Well. We are glad to be in the company of such illustrious colleagues. Um, it, 21 has been a year for video games. This was, <laughs> we were talking about filler earlier this year, or earlier today, I should say, in, in our Discord, uh, which, by the way, uh, support some of us on Patreon, if you want access to the Superculture Discord. But we were talking about filler, and I feel like this year was just like a filler year. I was like looking at game lists that were to, to prep for this of like best games of 2021. And like a lot of the list was like, yeah, I mean, that did come out this year that could be on a 2021 list, but I was trying so hard to find my like top five and I, yeah. I was having trouble. I was drawn big blanks. Like really, I got three, three that I like feel confident in this year. I got like two and I'm like, <laughs> Bare, like the third one i was like i guess like i'm not gonna put like i'm not gonna put metroid dread on my list i'm sorry a game is not good enough to be a top game of yeah the year. Like, I, don't wanna, a, I don't even want to expand my list to make it it's bigger. a good game but it's like it's fine I don't know but it's not a top it game of 2021 right. yeah i don't know i maybe we haven't played enough i feel i have but the thing is i was looking over the stuff i played and it's like it's a lot of stuff and a lot of it is stuff that I enjoyed playing, but none of it is stuff that really feels like if I want to look out. back on the year, I want to be like, this is one of the best five games this year. Not sure you, how you, you really feel. save those uh, movie theater seats for that date that isn't coming, don't you? you uh... <laughs> <sighs> I respect my pick is, is how I would describe it. My pick means a lot. I don't want to go on the record saying Metroid Dread was one of the best games of 2021. That being said, we don't only have to talk about the best games of the year because Bad End, uh, we have a special thing that we like to do here where we, we do it a little different. We, we do things a little bit differently from what you're used to. Uh, we're not the we're not the Game Awards. <laughs> um, what? We're not. Yeah, this isn't the game. Of I thought we were going to have like 40 world exclusives tonight. <laughs> we we have world exclusive categories. So I was thinking we maybe split this episode into 
like a our cat our special categories that we do trends trends and then like yeah actual goatee stuff so we can start out with either trends or our own categories what what do you feel like doing first let's start with trends trends okay the big one that i kind of noticed this year was like something a trend in games in general and not so much like a an industry thing just like in how games are coming out which is the the whole time loop thing yeah oh yeah what oh, the yeah. year for time loops? what's up with that what's up with the time okay let me, i made a little list here y'all will probably um wasn't wait was the one was returnal a time loop game it was a roguelike yeah. not an actual time it loop, was right? i think yeah, it was I think it, has, I think it has a time loop could you like wake up in the same place i didn't play it okay. actually here we go let yeah let me Inner, inner, uh, I don't know, world exclusive interruption of category introduction. Best game nobody played. Returnal. <laughs> there's like, there's no competition. That game is like surprise appeared on every 2021 best of list. And I know it's because the PS5 exclusive. The there's a lot. Yeah, it's because like only I know, journalists. No way to play it. <laughs> it sucks. Only, only, only game journalists get access to the PS5. Yeah, all like, I wanted. Was to <laughs> did play anyone in this chat games. even play? It takes two, or I did. No. I actually did we play. Played, it takes yeah. two. Did you? Reed and I have played a little bit of it. Yeah. It's. Yeah. We had a date. We had a bet. We had a bullet points <laughs> date. It takes me two and Reed. <laughs> it takes two seconds to turn this game off. I am. It's. You turn, you turn it off when you got to the really weird book that's quasi-racist, like no, Spanish. No, I didn't turn it off at that. Scene, but I, I was definitely like, Joseph. what the fuck am I watching when I when that guy came on the screen? That was violence. Which, which book do you think is more horrifying to behold? That book or Lolita? It's a good, it's a great question, but uh, I don't know if we have the space to discuss that topic here. That's a, it's a separate episode topic. Um, yeah. Time loops. Let's get back to time loops. We got death loop. Okay. We got 12, 12, 12 minutes. We got outer wilds. Real DLC. Best game of the year. Outer wilds DLC. We got the forgotten city, which I didn't play. That's a, that's time, a time loop, loop game? game. Yeah. yeah. And we got loop hero. And we got yeah. loop hero. You can rewind in Forza. <laughs> that's a time loop game you can just be doing the same section of track over and over again and never proceeds yeah that I mean, function of that game makes me feel like what are we really doing here like it's it's handy to have because like screwing up a race in the last 20 seconds is frustrating but being able to like redo every turn in a racing game is like I'm not really playing this game anymore I'm like uh, observing it I'm in I'm a visiting space god uh, punishing all of those who foolishly went up against me. He who controls time. <laughs> Where did it come from? Outer Wilds feels l- like a, somewhat of an origin point. Minute definitely were like kind of ahead of the curve with that stuff. But it doesn't feel like something where it's like of this era, that's something that needed to be made. It doesn't feel like a vital thing that will last forever. Uh, like it doesn't have that like roguelike thing where it's like, oh yeah, this it was only a matter of time before this genre became big and like became the thing. But I feel like it's almost this, there's this recursive thing about games where they're just always looking at themselves and always like just reiterating on themselves. And to me, the time loop thing is just like a lamp shading of that where it's like, yeah, video games are always doing the same thing over and over again. And it was, it's like the time loop game to me, it feels like almost some half-assed recognition of that 
in a way that is like trying to enrich the story by just being like games tend to loop a lot and uh that's just what our game is going to do and we're we're cool with that and we're going to embrace it that's what this feels like to me i don't know if you have any alternate takes on it my my opinion that i think i said when outer wilds came out was that the time loop conceit is sort of interesting because it allows you to have potentially a sort of richer tapestry of interaction in a more constrained space so every game excuse me if your game is open world, right, you have to sort of design for like the open world. Whereas a time loop is like, you can only go so far and you can only do so much. And there can sort of be like a lot of knock-on effects of mm. what happens in those sort of small moments. So I sort of see it as like, it's weird because the, as a conceit, right, it doesn't work necessarily mechanically. It has to have a sort of narrative beat. And so while people might never get tired of first person shooters, you can really easily get tired of like a time loop story. Like every every story doesn't need to be a time loop story. Um, but that said, like right now, I think there's there's ways where something like a time loop is kind of an interesting solve for, I don't know, the excesses of game production where it's it constrains it to say like, well, we want to give you an experience that's, that's like a very, very rich, dense, meaningful 15 minutes. But obviously you cannot sell a game that is a linear experience for 15 minutes. So you kind of implement me mechanisms that sort of loop back. I think of like there's a precedent actually as I, as I talk about this, something that's like, it's like how the games industry approaches roguelikes. Because roguelikes, you know, you move forward, you die, you move forward, you die or whatever. That is sort of a design decision that people might not see as necessarily like conducive to a wider market. But something about a time loop kind of narrativizes that to say like, oh, well, you didn't, you didn't die. Like you as a player are not fucking up and dying or something. Um, we're looping you back because X, Y, or Z reason. So you sort of maintain the agency and like feeling of like power or whatever, but without that sort of like hard gear check filter moment of just getting like wrecked by a roguelike. Good like game about a time loop and a good roguelike share the sort of like, uh, the best kind of design is you really feel like the information you retain from each death is going to be meaningful the next time that you play. Uh, and that's something, you know, that's something that's really good about a game like Minute. That's something that's really good about a game like Spelunky, even if the way you end up using that knowledge can be sort of different in how passive it is or how direct it is. Uh, and that's some, that's a that's a key element there. And like in um, in the best of these games, you can use that knowledge to like not only get ahead, but shorten the process as well. Like in Minute, you like there's little shortcuts you don't know about there the entire time. And I haven't played Deathloop, but I'm sure that's a big part of that as well. Um, little exploits you discover along your way. And uh, just because you're playing this video here, that is one important lesson that, among many that 12 minutes fucks up colossally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> amongst many things it fucks amongst, up. Amongst many things that it fucks up, on top of everything else, everything you do in that game, you have to set up the dominoes over and over oh and God. over again. All these horrible little dominoes of all these <laughs> yeah. little, of truly unpleasant things that you have to do to like progress it all. And the game's like, no, you got to do it again and again and again. Arguably and again. the it's, most, just a, just the biggest abomination of a, a domino that we could possibly have, which has since become a meme in our discord, uh, which is just like you just doing just despicable acts over and over again. Yeah. I like this idea of the time loop game as this, like it's a narrativized form of the roguelike gameplay mechanism which is to like without repeat needing things. you to like do roguelike stuff exactly Not everybody like to like get their ass fucking beat playing a video game what the funny thing too is that it still feels like to me at least it feels like outer wilds did this best 
Like everything that we're talking about this doing well is are things that Outer Wilds did the best. So um, <laughs> we're talking about your this knowledge trend. is power. Exactly. Like at the end of the game, you 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 still have twenty minutes or whatever to win or to to beat the game. But like all the knowledge that you've acquired over the course of the game is what allows you to do it, despite the fact that it's the same twenty minutes that you've had this whole time. Um, you're not really you're not gaining anything besides knowledge that allows you to do this. But because the universe is such a big place, uh, it's it's implemented in a way that feels revolutionary. Yeah. That's great because it's like the universe is a big place, but it's also a small place depending on the knowledge you have. That's what's like the game is that works plays with scale in such fascinating ways. Like you can just go directly to the end, <laughs> and that is all. That always feels awesome uh, when you get to do that. Right. Uh, so many things in the Outer Wilds makes me feel like uh, Michael Rappaport staring down that weird cat. But I know at some point <laughs> down the line in this game, I'm going to find out what exactly that fucked up thing is. And I'm going to learn how to like navigate it and use it to like solve this mystery. Like, like those warping rocks, like you'll, you'll come across something just like truly strange in outer wilds. And you just have to like tell yourself like, there's probably like eventually going to be a moment in this game where this makes sense. Or maybe it doesn't. And I forget about it. And, uh, Oh, it does. It just becomes one of those, one of those little mysteries. Yeah. God, what a, what a moment. Um, it's, like, maybe kind of interesting now that, like, sorry. oh, sorry, Josh. I was just going to say, like, it's kind of interesting now that we have all these time loop games from this year. And then, like, the one that everyone is kind of like, yeah, this one's good. It does it well. <laughs> it's is, is, <laughs> is one that, oh, I guess it had, like, an expansion this year, right? But it's like, yeah, it kind of sneaks in on a technicality. Because, like, I like, oh, sorry. What about, go. like, um, what about, like, Hitman 3? Hitman 3, not Hitman. 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 <laughs> You can, Hitman. <laughs> you can sort of see that as a time loop game because it's about like it, it's like similar right where there's a set period of time you kind of go through and do an action this is like take this action. is a this is take light take territory this isn't a hot take this is just like all yeah. games are the time loop game. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's kind of that's the when essence you, think about take. It, you have to sit down well no because i think like the like a, a thing about time loop games as a genre <clears throat> maybe besides returnal is that you um like there are like often complex moving pieces that you can just sort of go to the end if you know the stuff. And I think that Hitman actually has a lot of that, right? Where you have to play the level to figure out the sort of right dominoes to press at the right times. And then once you know that you can like do stuff maybe along the way to get to that point. But then the next time you sort of go and it's not quite like run based because you're not really trying to like get up get a better score or something. Instead, you're trying to like do a specific action, which I think is maybe the difference between like Hades and like games that are scoring you effectively or not. Oh, sorry. Games that aren't scoring you based on how you're moving through those. We got periods. a comment. feels like Hitman. Hitman is the game where you plan the heist and explore every eventuality of it, which I think is what you're saying and kind of a little boy, bit of a boiled down kind of way, which I, I, I can, get on board with that. Um, Hitman only works if agent 47 behaves as if he has psychic foresight. Yeah. I, <laughs> Which feels like, like non-diegetic time comprehension. You're, yeah. You were exploiting your knowledge of what happens in the scenario in order to do it in an aesthetically pleasing way. And someone here is bringing up dark souls as a time loop game. And I would actually say dark souls is not a time loop game. I don't know if you're trying to be like, I thought that was a joke. 
I think it's a joke, but I think it's worth considering, right? Because we're sketching around that. Because yeah. I mean, like Dark Souls, even if you know, you don't ever really get more information that lets you proceed past a point without you executing that act. Whereas like Hitman, Outer Wilds, 12 Minutes, whatever, Death Loop, you can sort of beeline to a specific goal, skipping a lot of stuff along the way. And Dark Souls and the Souls games in general are very much about like, no, you have to do everything. Like you don't get to just skip a boss. There's like optional bosses, right? But like, there's like hard checks where it's like, you have to get through the undead Berg. You don't get to get around the undead yeah. Berg. You have to move through that. At the same time though, I mean, like I, I always see, see Dark Souls in the same way as like the best time loop movie, which is Edge of Tomorrow. The movie is so sick. Um, but but the, the, the feeling of entering an encounter and being like, I know he's going to like, He's going to dive right. I can go left. He's going to like block. I can like parry. And then just that knowing, like kind of seeing like the chess moves laid out in front of you. And like, if you've played it any number of times, it feels like you're just like, you're basically executing a rehearsed dance, um, which is like, for me, I mean, that's why like stuff like, I mean, I love Groundhog's Day. I love Edge of Tomorrow. Like those movies are so fun because they evoke that sense. And I don't think a lot of like time loop games actually do evoke that. Like, I mean, death loop doesn't really like, it's more just like a, a sandbox that's chaotic that you get to kind of play around in and, and your choices don't really matter because like it's, you're going to, re- you're going to reverse at the end of the day. So like it, it's more leaning to that sense of nothing mattering, which is, I think is like kind of the less a compelling part of time loops than it is the part of just like, this is all just a structure. This is all just like made up. And so like, let me be the principal player in this like theatrical performance. Yes. The, the Dark Souls like example is like, uh, if it's, you know, all the chess moves and you find out you're still fucked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like there is think, no easy. Dip- but like the difference for like a time loop game in Dark Souls, right, is that you get to skip the chessboard. I think that's like the the thing where Dark Souls is like you can maybe do it faster, but like you're not moving through it. Yeah. Yusuf, yeah. did you see that's Palm Springs? Mm. Also, good so good. Loop. Good time loop. Movie. <laughs> good time. I love loop. time loop movies. One of my favorite genres. I mean, I think part of it too is that like the sense that you are breaking the loop in a lateral way, or like using some mechanic that is parallel or it's on some different plane than you thought was even possible given the initial plane that you were on, um, mm-hmm. which happens all the time in outer wilds where, where you're like, it looks like you have this very set universe in front of you, but you end up approaching the problem from some completely different angle than you would have ever thought possible at first. And that's what kind of, or you, to the point where you almost like end up in a totally different space than you would initially envisioned, which I think is one of the more fun aspects. And at least like one of the more interesting ones, because you're exploring, you're not just exploring space, you're exploring possibility, which I think is the real power of this genre. And I think that's one of the, places that it could go in the future but i don't think that the installments that we saw this year were cashing in on that to the extent that maybe they could be which is kind of a disappointment to say forgotten city is is pretty good okay like i did play that and like it's not 100 percent my cup of tea really like i don't like time loops that much i just there's something about them that does feel kind of like artificial or well artificial of course but like kind of like (laughs) sort of throwaway uh, in a sense, but uh, Forgotten City does do a good job also of having a time loop that like has a narrative purpose that is trying to kind of say something about 
Uh, like, like the idea of kind of doing the same shit over and over again as a little micro society and kind of expecting different results, um, you know, until someone kind of comes in and, and shakes the uh, foundation of it a little bit. Like, I, I don't think it's that game didn't bowl me over or anything, but I do think it it's actually worthwhile in terms of like what it did with with the idea of like a time loop in a for a game narrative. This actually has me good. thinking about like something happening, I guess, parallel to this. I just want to mention this really offhandedly, but like one of the big themes in anime right now is this genre called isekai, which is like a reincarnation fantasy anime thing where like someone dies and then they get reincarnated in another world where they're like really powerful or something like that it's the whole theme is like being really powerful knowing that what you've already known from your previous life and then applying that to this kind of new space sounds like a time interesting yeah interesting parallels (laughs) there's a lot of the similar things time loopy things happening in those anime and it's it's like really popular thing right now it sounds very like buddhist which i mean obviously like Groundhog's Day is obvious, like he literally said he was just copying Buddhism when he like came up with it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like samsara, right? Just you're doing it again and again and again until you figure out something that lets you, you know, escape that. Break we should, I think we should all collectively break. submit like a. <laughs> we gotta move on. Uh, uh, what's it like? The we're in a loop, Kyle. Yeah. We're in a loop, actually. So uh, a, a time loop movie about speedrunners at like. GDQ I'm gonna end or the, in this time loop uh, discussion <laughs> to bring up a category that I think is semi relevant. So instead of a time loop where you're just doing the same thing over and over, what was the best game you only played for like a day? That's <laughs> the the name of the category. That's so many games for me. <laughs> it's like Sable, Inscription, uh, Chicory, Death Star. I'm like, I'm like Death a few Star hours into it. Yeah. percent that for me. Um, yeah. What else? Anybody else got one? Best game you played for like a day. I played, um, I talked about it a little bit on the podcast. I played Hell Let Loose, which is the sort of like very hardcore World War II shooting game. And I was like, this game's great. Uh, maybe I'll play it again at some point but <laughs> now is not the time I, i'm right. a freak and i like treat playing games like picking up a book or something i'm like i kind of can't have more than two like max three going at the same oh, time fucking and i'll finish it or just like <laughs> toss it definitely like, like that's mostly me but i am chasing that high of like enjoying a game so much that i'll play it until 3 a.m or something until i pass out on the couch yeah, I can't do that because then I'm. It's like the equivalent of like getting drunk on a weeknight now, you know. <laughs> I yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll never rec- we'll never recover if that happens. <laughs> we'll no. like two weeks behind. Like, even this past weekend, I was playing. Um, I was just like playing some Project Zomboid and then some other like random shit, and we oh, I played um, Icarus, and I was just hanging out with my friends, and it was like. I was like, I'm gonna play some games tonight. I'm gonna stay up till like 3 a.m. And then like I stay up till 3 a.m. and was fucking feeling it until like Tuesday morning. I was like, I just can't, <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Old. I can't yes, remember so. too like the last time a game made me want to do that. I, yeah, I, was, I, have, I was gonna say I have that. One. Yeah. I have one, but it's on my it's on my list that we'll talk yeah. about. So didn't do that with death with death stranding but mostly because i thought it was about to end and then it turned out this <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like two-hour cutscene. oh my god that ending is so long it rules i think that's like a kojima <laughs> tradition is like 
you got to be watching those cutscenes and like you got to pee like really yeah. bad and it's like two <laughs> thirty in the morning on a on a Thursday. Yeah, it's like no, enjoy this beach and run around on the beach for a long, really long time. Um, yeah, someone mentioned Unsighted. That's a good one because I did only play that for exactly one day and then it was like it like unfurls the what the next ten hours are going to be and you're just like mm, I don't know I don't know if I can do this. I totally totally missed Unsighted. I don't even know what that is. My submission for this category is Chivalry 2, which I just played at a friend's place (laughs) and said this game rules and then went home just thinking about how much it rules even though I never played it since then. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine, right? You don't have to finish a game. Sorry, Reed. You don't have to finish a game. (laughs) Games Games are often like the worst thing to finish. Okay, I... I finish like a game if I like it, if I Why? like it, or if I have to write about it. Because I want to finish. Gamer it. score like a, doesn't exist anymore. I don't care about gamer score. Yeah. I want. I'm the, I'm the same way. Right? Yeah, I like. Thanks, I also like. Sometimes I fucking enjoy playing a game. Kyle, thanks very much. I, I do, do just, too. You turn off every movie like everything. two. No, like three quarters I, of the way movies are not a, they're not a good comparison, bro. <laughs> yeah. Movies are not a good comparison. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's true. That's true. What if you were really enjoying reading? Um, I was going to be an asshole and say, like, the Bible. That's pretty long. <laughs> You're like three quarters of I the way. I usually check out around Genesis, bro. <laughs> I got to see what happens. Can't wait to, to Jesus. see all these, like, I want to hear all these kids, like, grandchildren's names enumerated yeah, you, out. No, um, you gotta get to the New Testament. Yeah, no, no way, bro. New <laughs> Testament gets good. New Testament rips. That's not. Yeah, not about the New Testament. Start, okay. start a holy war. That's, that's just DLC. Not interesting. I just like the vanilla <laughs> yeah. content. Kyle's yeah. going out of order here. Um, I don't know how. Out of order? There's no order. No, I wanna. I wanna talk. I wanna finish talking about some trends first. Oh, sorry. I thought we were doing trends and then... Ca- no, no, no. I thought we were switching. Yeah, okay. no, no. Okay, so we'll s- discuss like maybe one or two more trends, right? Like, Hit me with a trend. Who got it? Who got... Who's Anybody got trends? I got games NFTs. as a service. NFTs. I don't, NFTs, I don't want right? to talk about an NFT game. I want to talk about NFTs. So for number one, fuck NFTs. <laughs> no number fucking two, thanks. <laughs> so number two, I think the thing is that we're going to see like... <laughs> I just got that. Got him. <laughs> yeah. I think like we we got we got like the first little like burp from the games industry about two weeks ago when Ubisoft announced that they're doing mm. NFTs as part of Siege, and I think like next year it'll be. It wasn't even Siege. It was one of the uh, other lesser Tom Clancy games. I thought it was Siege. Is it not? No, it's the one where you're like in the open world oh, jungle, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, regardless, Ubisoft has started doing NFTs for some of their games, and I think that next year it is going to be like the floodgates are going to open yeah, on it's gonna big suck. AAA people doing stuff like this, or it goes away, which would be great. Um, but I think like I mean, the audience it's been is like not. It's just been it. it's been happening. It's been like happening on this like other part of gaming that like Madden doesn't normally talk about, not because it's like CD. It's just like mobile game shit. And like it's like starting to take off over in that realm, and like people are wise. Granted, I think people hate it, but also when's the last time a games company's done something that people hated? Like all the also they're they're stuff. doing it for their investors, not for their audience. Yeah, it's like it's like the Kickstarter announcement where they were like, "We're doing NFT stuff." It's like that's not because creators want it; it's because like investors want to feel good about investing in Kickstarter. Well, and saying like, you support NFTs is like a good reason to like get venture funding. 
people have been complaining about DLC and like pay to win stuff and like exclusive content in games for such a long time now. Doesn't this just feel like an like a <laughs> yeah, but the question is like how many pe- NFTs are more expensive, so how many people are going to buy them? Yeah, but like we've had the same thing with whales for such a long time too and like people still get upset about that even though like only some people will spend 20k in, on an individual game. I don't know. You know what would be good for NFT games is if they brought back Ape Escape and you had different apes that you could catch and they had uh, Ape, oh, the, the, the tie-in. Vaping Ape or, Escape? Is that what you said? Yeah, vaping ape escape. Vape ape escape. Vape ape escape. Monkey ball. Here's here's the thing. Here's the key difference though between like your usual whales for like games and stuff is that like NFTs are treating it like it's gets to be like this one off little investments, but the expectation of these things is like it carries on from game to game, right? This whole metaverse nonsense. There's an expectation that they're gonna whatever they introduce now, they're gonna be supporting uh, until their the day their withered bones die. Which is why, like, all these game developers, like, sounding off, like, how impractical NFTs are for game design in the first place. It's totally insane. But at the same time, that is, like, Epic's model, which is, like, to have a permanent universe of items that will, like, and cultural tie-ins that will just go on for as long as they are a company. Well, Epic is working for Epic outside of NFTs. Yeah, everybody's looking at Epic with dollar signs. Fortnite, Fortnite just happens to be like always one of the top three most successful games of any given moment. If you're not that game, like you know, probably the metaverse shtick is not going to work for you. Not to mention that like everyone's got their own little idea of what a metaverse is to begin with. But if you're like rudimentary idea of what a metaverse is, is just like a virtual space where someone's dressed like Deadpool and doing a little dance, <laughs> then yeah, Fortnite's probably going to uh, reign supreme for a while. I, As we speak, I have this tweet about how NFTs suck and we should just get back PlayStation 2 memory card uh, 3D icons again. <laughs> and it's doing some numbers. So this might be like a bit anecdotal, but the horniest artists in the world are clearly not a big fan of NFTs. If the uh, but they love memory cards. They like they love their pro 3D memory card icons and uh, anti NFTs. Yeah, I'd I'd pay a, a few uh, Ethereum for a for an NFT of a Metal Gear Solid 2 memory card uh, <laughs> NFT that I would own and no one else could enjoy it except for me yeah you actually put it on a memory card and that'd be kind of cool well you remember those those no, icons like, represent the game thing. you have played it's, it's much more personal that's your yes, game yeah and you might have one just like it but mine's different yeah um someone brought up another trend which is bad behavior game studios i had i had written down like <laughs> i don't know maybe, if that's a new trend <laughs> no but i think like the way that it's covering it's being covered and the way it's kind of entered the zeitgeist and i think has garnered a lot of public attention it does feel to me like things are happening there's movement happening on this like activision blizzard is their reputation is kind of in the dumpster right now even i've seen like big wow streamers like asmongold is like publicly talking about how like ridiculous a lot of these uh investigations have been as far as like you know what it's what has been revealed about what's happening at these companies and stuff like that which i think is for me something that i haven't really seen a lot of is people looking at this coverage and then like kind of you know reflecting it back i think we saw it a bit with the riot sexual harassment stuff a few years ago um but this it does feel like between this and then 
unionization and like workers kind of standing up, um, it does feel like this is something that is garnering more attention uh, than it has in previous years. The riot thing mm-hmm. go to go to state court like this is. Uh, no, and I think that private. might be one. Re- yeah, I, I think that might be one reason why this has gotten a lot more public attention is because like there's an actual investigation done on this stuff that has findings that are like out there. Um, I mean, not, the riot, not another, not yeah. another internal investigation. That's like, right. It's been dealt with. <laughs> <laughs> the riot thing did coincide with game workers union, but that kind of imploded like shortly after. Um, so it's like, it's similar in terms of like unionization talk coinciding with like talk of studios being shitty. Um, but also, yeah, it's like, it's always just like so much. So the odds are so weighed against it from progressing just because of the how hard it is to unionize in America. Um, but, you know. It's yeah, also so weird because like the, it's like, it's weird that right now it feels like there's sort of two parallel streams. Like I'm not totally sure that like workplace harassment has the same sort of banner as like unionization inside of a company. Like there's accountability there, but it's weird that like, I don't, it's like, you don't hear the like crunch overwork side right now, but somehow what's happening now is enough of a lightning rod to like push labor movements. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know what the, the takeaway is there. It's just, it's interesting to having watched like, I mean, people like Naughty Dog and Blizzard and like every other giant AAA studio has been like accused and not even accused, right? Just proven insane crunch culture. And that's never been a lightning rod enough to actually like provoke unionization efforts. But like these harassment claims are somehow actually acting as like the conduit for unionization. So mm-hmm. I don't know what like the takeaway is there or like what, what well, that it's, it's a bit of like a compound thing, right? Cause yeah. Cause like the, you have them being taken to court over this, you have the investigations and like, because they couldn't not embarrass themselves for more than five minutes at a time, they then let go of all those <laughs> QA testers uh, for Warzone. <laughs> And that launched yet another blockout. Well, so yeah. while while like between crunch like crunch culture and certainly not in the in the toxic environment there, like unions ne- don't won't necessarily uh, patch all those things up immediately. It's just like this feeling of helplessness when you're mm-hmm. dealing with a a board of executives who are so overwhelmingly. Um, motivating the problems that are that are so clear to everybody else like the it's it's not just that like it's a bad culture at riot it's not just that there's crunch it's that like bobby kodak uh threatened to hire an assassin to kill somebody uh regarding sexual harassment in the workplace it's it's there's no one you can report that guy to other than uh jail Uh, (laughs) yeah Yeah. the thing that's like kind of heartening about i don't know when when the activision blizzard information started to come out it kind of like the cynical part of me you know being a increasingly old bastard uh, an old clean bastard is that um like this stuff happens so regularly and it everyone is very incensed for about like a week maybe two and then well, it's like, look at all the fucking hype on. that like Arcane got right after Riot uh, was like, yeah, exactly. Somewhat like recently under the gun. All of a sudden you get like Arcane just like doing insane numbers. Everyone loves it and talking about it. 
and it's which like, isn't necessarily I mean it's like the bigger issue too is how do you square the excitement that people have over the things made in these environments with also caring I don't think it's mutually exclusive that people truly give a shit about what's going on with uh, the horrible conditions for people making these kinds of things and then they yeah. also get excited and then I feel like kind of the discourse demands that you have one or the other like complete blanket condemnation yeah. or it's it's leveraged against it like the the hype tor- like you know it it forces the enthusiast press which is most of the games press to uh you know we have to cover this thing because everybody cares about it and then we'll we're going to like because we are also workers who are vulnerable are going to cover the the labor problems but yeah, we can only cover it paragraph yeah, we're going to have a crunch paragraph because that's how it works. That's how the numbers work. Yeah. And it's sort of, I don't know, I, I think. And then people kind of have this desire to it's like, you know, maybe you want to play Assassin's Creed and you want to write a bazillion articles about it for, you know, it's not a great example. But you want to, you know, get that traffic on it uh, as a website or even just as a player who's like, I'm enjoying this or something. And then it's like, well, no. I don't want to think about everything I, heard, I learned about Ubisoft two months ago. I just don't I want to think the, about that. The other part of it too, that we, we talked about a bit in the discord a month or so ago is that like people, this is like, I think, I think generally like structures of accountability in terms of like Twitter stuff and like, even just like typical journalism stuff is like really, it's like hard to like deal with that in the scope of a large company. Like riot is like fucking big. Like that is a huge company. And like, it like, even if like, one percent of people there are like being like aggressively horrible they will dominate the conversation because it is like that's how like you're talking about like this sort of it takes up a lot of space even if 99 percent of the company is like totally fine the arcane team might have the best work conditions in the world the like, right. people who get like the, the stuff that comes out takes up a lot of the airspace and we sort of focus on that and like i'm not i'm to be clear i'm not saying that i'm not trying to like uh What's the word? Like yeah, minimize no, any yeah. of that stuff. But just that like the scale that these people often operate at makes it really hard for us to actually like if you are mad, like what does that mean for your relationship to a company like Riot? Because that mm-hmm. like even if it sounds like the whole narrative is that this company is terrible and like companies fucking suck. hundred percent. I run a company, it sucks. <laughs> it's like it's totally fine. Man um, culpa. Like, yeah, like Kyle is a union buster. <laughs> yeah. I was I was sad when I figured I couldn't join the IWW because I'm a boss now. Um, oh shit! Literal boss. <laughs> but like, uh, like you, it's it, like reckoning with that sort of dichotomy where both Riot is big. There's a lot of people there. They do make great stuff, and also like Riot is house to a lot of like shitty things. And I think that that sort of dichotomy like belies any sort of like hard and fast rule you can follow. Like you can't just say like oh, I'm not going to watch Arcane because Riot's bad. It's like okay, sure that's fine. But then that is your engagement with riot. So like, where does that line start and stop? You do have to sort of define that for yourself. Like if you don't feel comfortable with riot, then like don't engage with them or not. Or like, I don't know. It's, it's like, it feels like it's like sort of an emergent thing, especially when the past like year or two, I think especially Josh was thinking about sort of how you stopped covering Hearthstone after like the Blitzchung thing like went down and it was very easy sort of in that moment to say like, well, I'm just not going to cover Hearthstone or something. And like, I think with like the, like riot has like a lot of different games. These are sort of like, it wasn't like 
the leader of the X team was shitty and the working conditions of episode two of Arcane were bad. So like, fuck that episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. Riot's bad. And it's like, okay, well, like, what is the, what is like the sort of actionable moment for that, for people who want to sort of speak out in support of those people to like forward their cause while also being like, I don't know what it means. How do you like touch something that's as big as that? I think it's it's just an issue that is difficult to kind of reconcile with how many like how discussions are kind of head online now where it's very much. Yeah, I think that's what I'm sort of sketching at is that it's like the it's like it's like both not a time for nuance. Like it is amazing and great that these companies are actually being called on their shit after so long. But then Mm -hmm. also it sort of is a time for nuance because like, okay, they're getting called on their shit. That's great. Like, what does that mean for everyone else because we're also sort of going through it at the same time i i do think like a big part of it too is the visibility thing and like you know the idea of people believing this stuff and you know spreading the word about it and just and just how it's kind of accepted among the public i think it's no coincidence that the fact that this has really picked up steam with the Activision Blizzard stuff is partially because it was like an official government investigation type thing. Whereas a lot of the riot stuff was handled internally. It was stuff that was like people were tweeting about and stuff. A shit ton of people just didn't believe that that was a thing, which is like really, which is really messed up. Um, But I think it does show the importance of like believing that this stuff does happen. And hopefully this is a lesson that, yeah, this this stuff is really happening at these companies, and the extent to which the rot kind of goes is is an important mm-hmm. facet of it that I think people are hopefully will understand a little bit more now that we have these cases. I mean, it's unfortunate that this is what it takes, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. Um, I the, think the most cynical part of me, like when places like Xbox and Sony were like pressuring Activision to do something or even Kodak himself to step down, was. Like, the most cynical part of me just thought, like, I wonder if they're just like hoping to avoid a precedent being set in the court, uh, set in the courts here. <laughs> God. I mean, I don't. You probably wouldn't be too far off base there. I was also um, just remembering like Keeley's sort of like oh weird Christ. game award statement. Man, that like, was. I'm gonna say something, and I'm gonna <laughs> say nothing, but I'm gonna say it in a way where it sounds like I'm saying something. We have to come together as gamers. Exclusive uh, reveal. Like, just <laughs> harassment it's so great that is they, bad. they immediately followed that up with like a new game from Quantic Dream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, all, all the studios to like one, two. Yeah. Is, uh, what a beautiful pairing. Yeah. It's funny because I feel like he like felt, about, like he felt the heat, but also it's like, you are you're the problem, bro. Like you're the pro- like you are. This is you. This is this is the game industry. Like the AAA game industry is like rotten. <laughs> like you cannot you can't you can't escape any of these angles. Like they're all like like you go from one company to the other. They're all going to have similar problems eventually. It's going to come to light. Yeah, I mean that's kind of like the whole when you talk about this as a trend too. I think if anything, like the last two years or so have really brought to light. You see a lot of people going. You know, well, fuck Riot. Who cares? League of Legends sucks. I like Dota more anyway. Or mm-hmm. you know, I'm waiting for that Valve. I'm waiting for that Valve piece, man. <laughs> that black box. Oh yeah, no, it's gonna be. Anyway, this is a public forum, so I shouldn't say what 
horrible things I imagine go on in that skyscraper filled with knives and images of guys with glasses. Um, but like, I think people want so badly for it to be, uh, well, it's, it's not the one I like, so it's okay. Yeah, and that's I, a really good point. And I think like if, if anything, what we're kind of seeing is it's, it's just, this is, this is not confined to one company. It's not even confined to one country. You know, it's like a, it's a, it's a problem that is going on. I mean, I think it, it extends beyond even, you know, the entertainment industry that this is an issue with these large corporations and how they're run and blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't know if, if I hate the stuff where people are kind of, you know, saying, well, well, this company is terrible. Uh, boycott like them sucks, that matter. So like that woman's experience doesn't matter. That's like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's just so like they're, they're coming for your faves eventually. Like it's only a matter of time. It's, <laughs> You know, everyone is horrible. Even I mean, it just it sort of sounds like table stakes. Like it just seems like a matter of time between because it's also the other thing too that's like very true with the games industry is that they fucking trade people around, especially yeah, at the, C- exactly. the C-suite levels. So it's not like like who Activision is now reporting on things that happened ten years ago is like, well, probably a lot of those people have also moved on to other companies and are like yeah. doing like pattern behavior. Like it's not it's not just like so confined where it's easy to be like, well, we can say no to that company. And mm-hmm. you have to start right. looking at sort of the model and say, yeah, people exactly. are failing up, Maybe baby. This is bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's move on. I think we're good for trends. I'm sure more will come up as we talk about some of these other things. Now we're going to jump into our categories. Um, celebration our, of games. A celebration of video <laughs> games. Now for a new game by Quantic Dream. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming together as gamers. So that game did yeah. look sick, though. I'm not gonna. Yeah, lie. I was really Star bummed one. when it dropped that that was the Quantic Dream game because, like, but it's just like a uh, cinematic. I know, I know, it's just a cinematic, I, but I it's a cinematic it full a cinematic. of cool yeah. shit. No, but that's all their games are. It's a cinematic, and you press X to like. Every Star one Wars of these universe. revealed trailers is a cinematic, even if there's like gameplay <laughs> involved. It's still just like a mock-up of things. Show me the fun cartoon that lies. I don't care. I'm going yeah. to say that looks cool. <laughs> But then you get the Spider-Man puddle discourse, you know, what the Spider-Man oh, game that. with the puddle that wasn't, didn't look as good as it looked in the final it like game. It looked better than the final game. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Oh, oh, that's like a fruit. Replaced- that's, wait, that's a great trend. It's because the they replaced fruit, it with the, piss in game. It's that's the, di- the, the diamond, game. diamond fruit discourse, like the crystal and fruit from final fantasy. The, oh. you know, like everybody talking about the low res, low poly the grapes in games, the, the grapes. grapes. But like every every few months, somebody like tweets something is like, "Why does fruit look ugly?" And when I shoot it, it doesn't explode. And it's just like, why are you my, looking at the I fruit? See, if I see fruit in the video game, my first question is, why can't I take a big munch out of it and hear a loud crunch noise? <laughs> yeah, my character is hungry. My character is hungry, and there's nothing to eat. And then I hold the apple in front of my face, and you see the big bite mark, and then a little worm with a smiley face pops out, <laughs> and it waves and says hello, and then it goes back in. The only yeah. one of those all exceptions. Why can I see that in a game? Where, when, when, when are we gonna have the true next gen experience? Can you pet the dog? And does the toilet flush? That's all I care about. Um, and does it break the Geneva Convention? <laughs> well, Battlefield 2042 both breaks the Geneva Convention, and you can pet the dog because <laughs> it's like yeah. a robot dog. Perfect game. Yeah. Perfect game. Perfect oh game. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's start out with a tried and true category. 
but one which I have since amended. Okay, we Ooh. we usually go over the the oh yeah that came out category. Mm-hmm. I've decided this year we should split this into two. First of which is, wait, that was this year, and then <laughs> what the fuck? That's out. Th- those are the two different categories. So that was one. this year. For me, Valheim. Oh. Mm. Valheim mm-hmm. was 2021, folks. It feels like it was a eternity to go, uh, but that was this year. Yeah, that was you got, into, you, got, you got into that I'm game, right? Sure. Yeah, I'm I played sure a lot that of that. I, I'm fully on with the split of the category, but I will submit my <laughs> answer for the first category of that was this year, which is Outriders. Because oh, like, oh yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? Bullet points yeah, did a whole month on it. It was a critical, we had a critical deep dive. Maybe bullet points doing a thing is like a death's touch. Like it just <laughs> will fade into obscurity. What, what, are you talk, what are you talking about? We did Biomutant as well. Okay, so. Biomutant, <laughs> that also counts. Was that this year? That also counts. Of course it was, was this Biomutant year. Was. Oh this my year. God. <laughs> Holy shit. Feels like a year oh, I thought ago. you printed them all out and I, put no, them I on your wall. I got a Wikipedia up over here. I think we're onto something for, for measuring this category. It's bullet points <laughs> months. What is bullet points? <laughs> <laughs> you covered that this year. That's my uh, that's my version of that. Just to the non bullet points offensive. <laughs> you actually think about that for four weeks. Outriders is fun. Outriders is a good game. Um, yeah, Outriders, Outriders is fine. Pokemon Outriders Unite. Much hate. Pokemon Unite was this year. I mean, I was oh. reminded of this because it showed up in a lot of people's like Switch wrapped thing. Um, but as, as of this morning, I had totally forgotten that Pokemon Unite was this year. Um, anybody else have any entries? Yeah, I have a... Here's a game I believe we actually spoke about the last time I was on the show, and that is a Balan Wonderworld. <laughs> Oh, yeah. was this year <laughs> that was this year wasn't don't it? don't don't let that game be forgotten um, that's on the border of that and wtf that's out the I, one i think the game i had in mind for uh that's out was um fantasian on apple arcade the uh oh final God. fantasy guys like stop motion background oh JRPG. yeah that is out isn't it yeah that thing was, that thing was cool that had it like was a cool. viral like Twitter thread, and then like I was like, "That's out." <laughs> I'd much rather play it on the Nintendo Switch than uh, yeah. my phone, where I do other things and play a in-depth JRPG. Um, do you think? I kind of think that Ratchet and Clank clanks on in this category. I feel like that's... every PS5 game is basically that's out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But to be fair, Ratchet and Clank was kind of like engineered in a lab to not be remembered 48 <laughs> hours after you finish it. That <laughs> just happens. That's why I yeah. want to play it, though. I need there a game like a... that. It's fine. It's, it's, it's like stuff flies all over the place and your controller, you know, it makes little rumbles. I'm sure. Even, when, even when they came out, the Ratchet and Clank and Sly Cooper games, like they, they're bad at like sticking in your brain for any particular reason. But they're sure, sure. Uh, wing ding good time yeah for babies fun. yeah the new warrior I mean, wear game came out oh yeah oh. it's okay it's really i, I want to play it i still want to play that um another one that came out hextech mayhem the riot forge uh zigs game 
the League of Legends one. It's like a rhythm platformer. What? It's from Riot Forge. Remember their studio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They came out with Hextech Mayhem, which is a game where you play as Ziggs, a character from League of Legends. And it's a, I actually played this game. It's actually pretty interesting. Like it's a rhythm platformer where all the inputs are like done to the rhythm. Oh. Um, worth checking out. Mm. Came out. Uh, I'm trying to get uh, up. Subnautica Below Zero came out. Subnautica is so mm. cool. I know like nobody playing that, which is surprising because yeah, the first one, the first one a lot. Yeah, the first one was great. So it's sort of weird. It just sort of was like, well. Also, honestly, Resident Evil Village was this year. I know it's probably some of your all's tops's, but I for, I did like, like forget that that was year. this year. Yeah, because it feels like a holiday game to me for some reason, and like something yeah. that would have come out in like an October, which makes me think it would have come out in October of last year. I think this is like the internal logic I have for the Resident Evil thing, but I did love that game, and I will pr- yeah. definitely be talking about it. I mean, did you it's see? it's good because it's like brief, right? Like if it kept going, or if it tried like hang around beyond its expire expiry date it wouldn't have been as nice and sort of breezy as it was it doesn't overstay its welcome did bullet points cover necromunda hired gun because that also came out this year no but if you want a little uh yusuf if you want me to blow up your spot a little bit necromunda hired gun for people who don't know was the like warhammer 40k sort of like doom eternal new, new doom game where you like held a fucking heart in your hand and like squeezed it it looks like pretty gnarly and like yeah I, cool i want to play that just for that i don't i don't care about warhammer but i do like how like sort of gross that thing looks yeah i've heard a hero clicks i like the idea of warhammer than the thought of actually participating in it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Best maybe, maybe why games like that and like Vermintide are more appealing Whoa. to me than ever stepping this, into this. This a... came out. You ready for this one? Okay. Axiom Verge 2. Uh, oh yeah. That's out. Oh yeah. That came out. Oh, we got Axiom split Verge Zach again. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I'm oh, trying to shit. Tear down boyfriend, boyfriend dungeon. Wasn't Tear Down a 2020 game? I think Tear Down was 2020. Uh, Maybe on consoles uh, in 2021. You know what came out? Manifold We're Garden. <laughs> no. Sorry, that, was, well, that was a few years ago. <laughs> I was having some technical difficulties. Manifold Garden is in every year. Oh, yeah, that came out. Ginny LeClue. It's out. It's out. Um, that came okay. out last year? Next category. Um, all right. Next, next category. category. They're all on Game Pass. Who wins that category? Humankind wins that category. <laughs> Oh, God. oh yeah, the, the, civil, the civilization killer. There are no winners, only losers. <laughs> no winners, it's, there's merely candidates in the running. Yeah. Um. Best game to show your family during the holidays. Chicory. Chicory to me is the one. Not it take dude. It takes two is like I no. I was getting so annoyed playing that game because it has like five minute cutscenes. Like you're playing, you you're sitting there with someone who's never played games before, or like very rarely, and they make you sit through a five minute cutscene where it's like a mom and dad arguing about like, you know, their their kids, like how they're raising with their weird, kid with really weird accents. With a I weird, think, I think the, <laughs> the real answer is um, how do you I don't know how to say this? Kina, Bridge, Bridge of Spirits. Spirits? Um, oh, that's a good one. That's like very like parent core. You're like, look at this game. It's so pretty. 
When I first heard it was coming out, I was excited to play Mario Golf with various uncles, but it turned out that Mario Golf wasn't especially good. So I think my nomination for this category is a Sable. Yeah. yeah Sable is a good like, If you have like game. if you have cool family, probably Sable. Yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, Kina, yeah, I feel like Kina Norman's, feels Norman's like, no, that. yeah, this is like what I would call a it's respectability a game, you know? Well, it was like made to look like a Pixar movie, and I don't know what the appeal is too much beyond that, you know? Yeah, where it's like, games can be art too, dude. Here's Kina. <laughs> That's exactly that. Check it out. Um, uh, I didn't know I think, it was made. I didn't know Kino was made by those people who made that really sick Majora's Mask fan film. It turned like, yeah, that's the craziest fact about it. I only noticed that when I I noticed it was the same YouTube account that was like posting the trailers <laughs> for this game. And they posted to the same account as the Majora's. It's the same Mask account. You just got to keep <laughs> scrolling back at their videos, and you get that super <laughs> sick Majora's Mask film. Did anybody play Kino? No. It's a, it's another PS5 one. Oh, that was. That oh, I was guess one it was on like Windows. There, there's a category here, uh, in my mind, and I think Yusuf, I think you and I have talked about this as well, which is the category of game of, I am not playing that unless I'm being paid, to play that, <laughs> which is, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think Kina kind of is like, yeah, that is absolutely counts. I, I may enjoy that game if I know. That, that there is an invoice I can send uh, once <laughs> once I'm done doing stuff with it. Far Cry My, Six is one of those for me. Whew. Oh, that's that's like, yeah, that came out. The, the, oh, zero, the zero dollars I pay myself from bullet points was not worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The time I subtracted from my life to play Far Cry Six. Uh, God. Yeah, that was a choice too. Oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> that came out. <laughs> that came out like last month too. <laughs> you know, actually, my my answer for the to show your family, and maybe it's a bit of a cheat, but I'd, I'd show someone that Kid A. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. came out. I need to play that. Cool. It's it's just like it no. is exactly what you think it is. It's a digital exhibition with. Reed, is it know, the Kid A of video games? It. <laughs> <laughs> It's the Kid A and the Amnesia Amnesiac of video games. The Citizen, the citizen Kid A. Yeah, that and the, and the Matrix demo too, right? That was like kind of... Oh, yeah, that like just came out. Yeah. I mean, it counts. 2021. It does count. That that kid, that Radiohead exhibition thing, that was like, that, that was a beautiful thing. I think that's like a, a really, really cool thing. The Matrix a, one, one of Simon I showed. Parkman's top games of the year at the New Yorker.com. With the, the Kid A and Isiac. Yeah, yeah. Made the list. I showed my partner the Matrix thing when I was I was like, look at this. As I was starting it, and she went, they, they don't look right. So that's, uh, I think, the normie <laughs> takeaway. <laughs> if you want that. Um, worst game to be walked in on playing. All of them. <laughs> Every video game. <laughs> um, near, near replicant. Yeah, it's kind of hard to beat twelve minutes for this category. Yeah, <laughs> especially oh if God. they watch for like more than a few seconds. You know, I was like playing with like my wife, and I felt bad playing with her. I was like, I'm sorry. This is like, 
I was like, it's going to be so fun. Like it's interactive. We can like sit on the couch and like play it together. It'll be cool. And then we were playing it. I was like, Oh, I'm, I, I, I'm sorry. This is not, <laughs> you know what game made me feel like a massive pervert this year. <laughs> more than usual was if you play that that mario one where they turn into giant like cat kaiju oh uh bowser's fury <laughs> yeah and then mario oh, goes yeah. like meow like all the time <laughs> he just keeps doing it and it's uh it's there's there's something that's very like inviting so i read which part was that what does he say i i missed the I'm not doing it again <laughs> Do it. No, because right. actually, I'm not. I'm not doing it justice because it actually is like you know that Charles Martinet like it's a meow like that kind of thing, and he's like meow. One more time, I, I think you uh, you, uh, you cut out, you cut out for a second. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Try being a little louder with it. Someone's gonna yeah. throw a brick through the window. There was no audio last five minutes. Someone mentioned the live action sequences of inscription. Oh yeah. Oh spoilers. Yeah, kind of spoilers, well, I guess. Well, my roommate was we, actually, we all had was our actually time. like my roommate actually like watches those videos. It's a thing. So I was like trying to time it uh, for when they were walking by, so that I could be like, I'm watching these uh, these dorky match at the gathering videos, just like you. Just like the I, yeah. ones I hear, the ones I hear coming from your room all the time. I just want to say, <laughs> first of all, sorry about that spoiler. Second of all, these videos are fucking bad. Like we, every time this is like Hall of Fame, community theater level acting, bad FMV FMV shit. So, just FYI, that's uh, that's happening. I think um, that was that that most struck stuck out to me, like in the finale when they do something that I feels didn't like get there. Something that feels like very like something you do in a in a high school movie <laughs> you filmed over the weekend or something with your friends. Yeah, yeah. There's as, like as conclusion wise, like the costumes are like not costumes, just like people dressed in normal clothes that they just always wear, and they're like supposed to be playing a character, and you're like, this is you're wearing like a Midwest girl typical outfit. Um, with it, with it. Well, I have, I have one more. I think it's like it's not necessarily a game, but like anytime someone like. I mean, I, it's, there's a pandemic by the way, for listening to this in the future, anytime, like, uh, like Rebecca, like walks in on me watching Twitch, like it doesn't matter what it is, but I always feel the need to be like, Oh, he's, uh, he's playing magic and he's, uh, it's, it's fine. He's like, it's like some fucking fat nerd. He's just like, I don't play and I'm like, it's. I promise I'm not weird. I'm just watching this person talk about yeah, Kyle. This is part yeah, of society you're not weird. now. <laughs> This part no, of I know, but I still feel. Bro. I still when feel I was weird stuck in bed watching people play video games, and you have to be like, you have to like yeah. explain. When why. it's a normal person, yeah, I will say that like it is. We live in this world where like. Yeah. Do you have any idea what normal people watch on YouTube? It's way more twisted than like whatever you think you're subjecting. That's true. To. Yeah, people watch like pimple popping videos and stuff. Like, there is something though. It's like I feel like if I'm watching Twitch or whatever, my partner will be like. Like, who do you know that person? Is like, no, yeah. I don't. <laughs> exactly, that's what I'm saying. Is that your friend? She was like, why wouldn't you just play that? And you're like, what? Well, <laughs> yeah. Do you know that person? <laughs> <laughs> Every time. If I ever yeah, share something my, from Twitter, you're like, look at this cool Twitter joke. Is that your friend? No, it's not. <laughs> who is that? Who is that yeah. is the question. 
It's like I don't fucking I've never yeah, exactly. met this person. Uh, I don't know where am I supposed to check out this funny check out this funny tweet. It's Wint. It's Drill. Yeah. Um, yeah exactly. <laughs> do you know him? Best 2021 game I will play another year. Mm. Oh man. Mm. I got some. Okay, first I got like every PS5 got, game like Returnal, every PS5, yeah. Returnal uh, the Ratchet and Clank game. Um I got Kid A thing cruelty squad <laughs> i tried that mm-hmm. didn't just didn't i i'm gonna need to be in a mood for that one and i feel like one day it'll just be like you know what let's let's do let's today's the day we play uh cruelty squad but that day did not come this year shin megami tensei five um the life is, is strange thing i got like the like arty stuff like i never got to genesis noir or mon mondon I didn't get Excellent to Artful one. Escape. Yeah. Psychonauts 2? Yeah, that you, could, you, could, you could skip Artful Escape. Okay. Yeah. Truthfully, yeah. I really want to play Psychonauts 2, but I've not got to. Don't, sk- don't skip game. Psychonauts 2. That's it. I don't want to skip it. I'm just like, that's that, like those. Yeah. You're going to skip Psychonauts 2? Kyle, everyone's saying it's the best game since sliced bread. I know. I just also like Double Fine Stick is sort of like Josh getting into Cruelty Squad where like I've just got to be in a mood to down that stuff and like I've never really resonated with a lot of their stuff for that reason and it's like not bad it's just like it's just like specific like style of humor and like kind of like a bounciness to the writing and everything and I know you yeah. mean sometimes it does not it's just not the right time for it I'm just like I don't I don't want this right now they're sad. They're they're Muppets who get sad sometimes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's. I will <laughs> say though, for for Psychonauts, that game's art is really the big draw, and that like just the amazing. world is nuts, and the yeah. writing is like to me. And um, Double Fine was the kind of I used to go to their games for the writing and the quippy like fun stuff because it was kind of ahead of the curve in terms of that in comparison to other games. But with Psychonauts 2, it's just the, 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 just like the places it takes you is, is bonkers. So that's why I would recommend that, that one. first stage is like one of the grossest things you ever do in a video game. And everything that like follows them is like <laughs> still like so well manifested from their imagination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't, yeah, every, every goofy and dumbass little idea that go all in and whether it's like that, fungus bowling stage or the cooking show or uh, <laughs> just like you, you get really excited to see like like what's just around the corner and thankfully it's like there's a pretty decent amount of material in there to like walk around explore the, the levels are, are so conducive to just like wanting to like bounce around and see what you can like uncover and find whether it's like a collectible or just like a funny little detail they snuck in to be found if I'm being honest, it's going to be like none of those. I'm not going to play any games from this year, <laughs> like in the future. <laughs> I'm, it's never going to happen. I'm going to say I'm going to do it. And then it's just like it's five years later. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah, my nomination for the category is a Famicom Detective Club. Because uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, like, exactly. I like the idea of playing them. It seems cool to like have like the first official English translation translation of this like Nintendo game that never came out here. Uh, but it's also $80 for two lengthy yeah. 80s Japanese mystery games. Um, 
that haven't had any quality of life updates at all, just like a visual overhaul. I mean, do you want to be popular on Twitter or not? That's just the question that you're asking yourself right now. Buddy, I'm never going to be popular on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> outside, of, outside of saying NFTs or poo-poo, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a crap poo-poo, poo-poo, doo-doo, fart farts. Okay, um, on the, the, stick. the opposite side of this. Best, Gosh. Yeah? I just got to say, there's this game. I think people are sleeping on it. Uh, I can't. I can't vouch for it 100. percent Nick's Umbra. Have you seen this thing? No. Maybe it sounds familiar. It has this. It, it's kind of like, you know, it's it's of a piece with uh, bullet points, image aesthetic, oh, high contrast, like two tone. Wait, how do you um, spell it? N i x u m b r a. Uh, but it's two words. It sort of looks like bullet point screenshots, right? Yeah, and then this thing is, um, uh, whose review of this did I read? I think oh, it might have yeah. been... Did that come out this year? It, it just came out, like, a few weeks ago, I think, and it's, like, the one that I am sad that I didn't get a chance to. Oh, my God, this review is, like, my shit. Take Devil Daggers, slow it down to the speed of a Sun-O album. You got one hell of a bleak survival horror experience. Understated gameplay nuances keep things fresh. Lean to revelatory moments on every new run. Very cool. You said we were going to be world premiere trailers. World premiere, Nick Zumbra. World premiere, yeah. (laughs) saw it here first. Fucking sick. I actually have another uh, thing like that that we'll we'll get another category that we'll get to after. um, uh, Best non-2021 game revisited. Promesa was that one for me. Retroactively declared it my game of 2020. Um, and then Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age, immediately became <laughs> like mainlined that. Immediately became like my favorite, one of my favorite JRPGs ever. Convinced me to play Final Fantasy XIV, which uh, we'll talk about that, more. That old dog. Me and Reed played Final Fantasy XII. No, First we played. One. No, we played thirteen. Oh, never mind. I don't even know. Oh, God, I was gonna say. <laughs> I was, uh, I think actually, I think Yusuf to against your point, I did pick up Final Fantasy VII Reborn this year, and I've been enjoying that when I play it. Um, Wait, that's been what's really Reborn? What's whatever it's called? Re what? Oh, remake. Remake. Centigrade. Um, and I also, I started. I don't know it's if good. I did. I think this. I think it was 2021 when I started playing Bloodborne for the first time, and it fucking oh, yeah. it rips. It's Very like so. I'm at the final boss and I just saw that like if you don't, you basically can't start the final boss because it cuts off the open world. So I'm just finishing the DLC stuff and I'm going to go and beat it. Excited it's for like, Kyle to get to Sekiro. Yeah, I, I'm Ooh. trying to think, it's, should I do Sekiro or Dark Souls 3 next? Sekiro. 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 Sure. Dark Souls 3 is like for people who are like, I really love Dark Souls 1, but I wish I had like next gen graphics. That's the entire game. Oh, and that's mean, not that nice. sounds like it, me. that game <laughs> is fine. It's, it's come on. What does Dark Souls 3 it's, provide that and that's actually new? Oh, it's 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 the one it's like you get to pull this trick once and feel intelligent about it, but like if you have a series like Dark Souls, you can do the third entry that is kind of remember the first one, we're commenting on your nostalgia for this thing with the game itself. And I think, you know, you can get away with that once it's, it's the like a game about like, dark souls one. 
I'll probably finish Bloodborne like this week and then Elden Ring is in February. So I don't really see myself. You only have time for Sekiro, but we got us or, three out here. Or three. Yeah. <laughs> or I just like fucking mainline Sekiro over the holiday. Kyle, play Paradise Killer. <laughs> play Paradise Killer. I was actually yeah, thinking that. I was, I was like, yeah. Josh is going to fucking hang me because I haven't. I'm trying to get Kyle to play that game because I feel like he would like it. <laughs> I did mention before the cast, I started playing finally Disco Elysium, which is yeah. pretty criminal because of Superculture Association, not even <laughs> having played that game. But it's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> darn tootin'. Keep it darn tootin'. I'm only a few hours in, but... That's all you need. I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm liking what I'm seeing. Yeah. I really, really, really like what I'm seeing. Good. And I'll I'll report back in 2022. Best of <laughs> games of the year. <laughs> best game of 20. Best game of 2022. Um, yeah. I got a special question aimed just at me. Game you would most want to see its story slash aesthetic either or both worked into a K-pop concept. Um, I would say mine is Sable. I think it's supposed to be concert. Oh, okay. Concert, concept, same thing. Um, I would say Sable, funnily enough. Because, like, they do a lot of sci-fi stuff in K-pop, but not this, like, Sable, like, minimalistic, doomy type, or doomy, dune-y type thing. And I would like to see some of that. A lot of the costume design and stuff in Sable is really dope. Uh, What about about Dark Dark Souls? Souls? What about uh, Balan Wonderworld? Dark Souls... <laughs> I think a lot of older, uh, a lot of older K-pop stuff is kind of Bell and Wonderworld esque. Just look at uh, HOT, check check some of their stuff out. Some of the first K-pop groups, really interesting, weird stuff. Um, let's see. Ga- I came up with a couple questions that I would like to uh, discuss, or a couple prompts. Game that renewed your spirit. That that one's not mine, but. I came up with gives you hope for the future of the of games. And I feel like those are kind of in the same thing. You were, I can't remember if we had started recording yet, but you were talking about like how this year didn't have like your, like what felt like games of the year, you know, like, yeah. Like, yeah. There was no like knockout punches like you usually get. And maybe that's because of COVID or, or shortages of certain things and, and the, the sluggish console rollout and all that. But I didn't feel like there are a lot of games that like, reminded me of what i like about games even if they weren't like breaking through the ceiling uh sort of experiences like certainly with uh psychonauts 2 certainly with inscription and and most certainly with with uh no more heroes 3 um it kind of felt like these like that was this year They, they all felt like these like sort of enriching creative experiences that are so uh, off kilter, but certainly certainly not the kind of games that end up on like that top shelf of things. They felt they felt like back when we actually had like mid budget games coming out of which game studios. Did you mention for that? Uh, no More Heroes 3, Psychonauts 2 and mm-hmm. uh, Inscription. And they all just sort of, again, they feel like creatively enriched. They, they take me places uh, I don't anticipate going when I first load the games, which sounds so like hackneyed to say, but um, it's true. And especially with like No More Heroes Three, it sticks to its creative guns so so rigidly that like people are still complaining about the same issues with this one as they have since the beginning of the series. That like 
the overworld's pretty drab, but um, I find that uh, Suda here is like sort of saving all that money for the game on like more surprising things, on like just weird, bonkers things happening. Like it's not, it certainly doesn't quite synchronize uh, with your K-pop uh, show desires, but No More Heroes 3, you do kill Iggy Azalea. So on a stage <laughs> as like- Like real Iggy jo- Azalea? I, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty convincing stand-in okay, for Iggy Azalea as like giant teddy bears shoot lasers around the stage and every <laughs> every every key moment in that game you're truly just saying like I have no idea what the fuck's about to happen next we're about to maybe we'll play musical chairs maybe once one time you just get a plot it turns into a horror survival game all of a sudden uh, for one sequence and you know I think I tweeted about it but it's just like video games like they're they're a magician's hat. And some games are like, I'm going to spend so much money and resources pulling realistic-looking lampposts out of this magician's hat. And No More Heroes 3 is like, I don't know. I think I've got better uses of my time and, and of this magician's hat. I'm going to pull more interesting things out of this. So you know what? Yeah, it's, it's it's not the most interesting overworld to like zoom around from fight to fight. But... Uh, you're you're constantly caught off guard. The combat is genuinely very good. The com he, they they've really nailed the combat this time. Where even when you have to like recharge your beam sword, it fits nicely into the flow of all these different uh, moves and resources you're juggling at any given moment. What console and, is this out on? Uh, just Switch only right now. Okay, I, yeah. I gotta play that then. Shit. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah that's it's not on the PS5. You don't have an excuse. that's actually the other one i forgot about as you know potential 2022 uh favorite game of 2021 that thing looks and talking to you about it zach man that thing looks so good anybody else got ones that give them hope for the future i was really surprised how hooked i got on valheim for like two weeks out of like fucking nowhere and that one, like, I don't know, we, I, think, I, remember, I think we talked about it a lot when it came out. And obviously it was, like, wildly successful sort of after that. Um, but there's, like, something about that to, like, show that there's still meaningful new fun to be had in, like, a sort of open world. Like, an, uh, like, a, like a multiplayer open world game. Like, um, and also that it's, like, not so different. Like, I think the the things that they did that were like different was that they had like sort of shared persistent physics and like the houses you built had structural, like structural concerns and it forced you to like explore, to find better stuff, to build bigger houses or whatever. And even with just like such a small sort of tweak to the the formula that there was like, you know, hundreds of hours of fun to be had, or at least like a hundred hours of fun to be had. Uh, in a way that like I did not think could still happen in, in that space specifically. Um, so I think there's like hope in that. I think that there's like, not to say that like Valheim two is like the hope, but that there can still be like meaningful new multiplayer experiences that like feel different enough to be sort of compelling. Um, did you, did and like creative. It, like, the Minecraft ground floor, Kyle, like when it yeah. first came out, that was awesome. Yeah, that was like 
Yeah, just like because it it felt like you're like what is like just playing with like people and like other servers and stuff. It felt like I don't know, it sort of felt like people like turned the lights on in a way because at the time, right? I mean, when Minecraft was like sort of first hitting, we were living in like peak AAA, um, and so some that's some, the idea that like a game like that could actually be multiplayer and not be like Counter Strike or GMod or something was still pretty new and fresh, and to have like that and then also have a world that was like so sort of like fundamentally creative even before they had survival mode right when it was a just creative mm -hmm. mode um yeah and like the yeah. scale of it just like it was yeah. so simple like it, it was it showed that you could like have something that was like so simple and didn't have to be aesthetically like polished mm -hmm. but then was so impressive because of the scale it could reach yeah, yeah. just for me like um i mean yeah valheim like was like kind of it felt like it was doing something similar, but then I also like felt like already burnt out from Minecraft. <laughs> like, yeah, that, like, definitely like sort of reach a point where you sort of stare into the abyss and you're like, um, Valheim did have a little <laughs> bit more of like a role play, like role playing with friends style appeal to me where it felt like you were in yeah. this Viking mm -hmm. ancient world type thing. Um, for me, I have before your eyes was one of those again, mm, not I a game like I would that. say is like one of my games of the year, but it was like just the fact that all, everything in that game hinged on just like the act of opening and closing your eyes was really neat. Um, it, I liked that they were trying new things. Uh, there were, and just the fact that it was like a sen sensation focused game, like just there was so much more reliance on your hearing, which was kind of like an unexpected, unexpected consequence of the fact that you're kind of opening and closing your eyes so much in this game. And you leave your eyes closed for a while, you leave them open for a while. Um, and because of that, you're listening to sound cues. You're like really looking at what's around you, really trying to absorb all the information on screen. And it just has that much more value. And I thought that was like a really neat experiment that they were doing and something that gave me hope for just the, just the idea that games can go in a different direction. And then um, I also have this. Is, it's not a game, but Arcane was kind of it, it, riot. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh I say this Stop the paragraph of, yeah, let yeah. me answer, uh, rewind about, you know, half an hour, uh, for my other, for other thoughts on right. But, um, no, I just thought that the whole execution of the, the, the internal universe type stuff was really well done. And it was, it was just neat to see it executed that way. Um, I, I'm not like the huge, hugest arcane stand or anything like that, but I just thought it was neat to see, um, it folding into this like multimedia universe type thing that it was executed really well. I think also something that's like less like sexy in terms of being a new game was like, um, actually seeing Forza five's accessibility stuff, which is like pretty staggering in terms of like just the, I think like, I think it's easy to see triple a and we like shit on them a lot. And like video game companies in general of like being really unwilling to adopt new stuff and like, to see something like Forza really sort of go the distance for like accessibility in games. Like I'm not someone who like has any sort of issues with like playing games. I'm like able-bodied. I have, you know, all my limbs and eyes and ears and stuff, but to like see someone like that, like at such a high profile level, like go so far to do all these things was like something about seeing that was like, Oh shit. Like games can like games can change. They can like step outside of their comfort zone and sort of do extra work to like support and like be there for people in a way that is like not going to be commiserate with like sales. Like maybe you get some marketing beats, 
maybe the like, you know, point whatever percent of people who are affected by some issue that you're solving is like, I'll be really grateful, but like to do that without sort of any sort of specific like profit motive, I guess is like, that was really cool to like see that and be like, oh shit, like that's awesome that they did that. Yeah, that's a great point because I definitely noticed like a lot of AAA games starting on the accessibility screen mm -hmm. uh, this year, which I'm thinking is like, I think it's just awesome. It's like, it's doesn't, there's no skin off anybody else's back and it like actually mm -hmm. uh, it's, is pretty like effective for opening those games up to other players. Yeah. I guess mine for this would be, I don't know, Mundown, I think is like, mm. I feel like it's usually uh, since I've been writing about games and which I think has a way after the first like year or two of doing it of uh, making you question if you want to ever look at a video game again and like, <laughs> what, the, what the fuck you're doing with your time. And, you know, certainly like bullet points uh, raises that question pretty often, like a lot of the stuff we look at and write about and think about and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then, like, once in a while, it's if you're lucky, it usually feels to me, like, over the last however long, it's like you get one, maybe two games a year that are kind of like, oh, yeah, no, this is a space actually worth paying attention to, which also kind of make, makes you think it would be better to just, like, have a friend whose <laughs> recommendations you really trust and <laughs> you can just be like, play these two games and then don't waste the rest of your time. But Mundown, for me, this year, and it, it's usually something that is either not on the radar or is like, oh yeah, maybe that'll be neat if it comes out kind of thing. Like Disco Elysium was like a game like that for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, on the other hand, I thought like Death Stranding was actually like extremely interesting and made me like care about games like the around that same time too. Um, mm -hmm. But you really like walking around the mountains, don't you? I, <laughs> I yearn to walk the mountains. And listen to my uh, what is it? Low low roar. I want to listen to low roar and carry a baby <laughs> yeah. or a goat head, baby goat head. Well, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Mundown is just like one of those games where it's. Um, I'll end up talking about this more when we do like the bullet points podcast as well. Uh, spoiler, but it's just one of those games that is so. Um, it's it just complete. Like it, it knows mm -hmm. what it's saying. It's also very entertaining while, while kind of like provoking a lot of emotion and thought and it's striking and it's like enjoyable. Um, and it, it's just one of those things where you're like, wow, there are some people working in this space who are like very good artists, you know, that are worth paying attention to. Just like I would say like Disco Elysium is, is something that's worth, it, it's not just a good video game. It's, it's a good piece of art from the time we're alive. Like something like Mundown is like that too. So that was definitely one that was like, oh, okay, this puts a little gas back in the tank for however <laughs> much longer. <laughs> Did you play Promessa, Reed? Yeah, that game was very cool. It didn't, that Did one, it? I feel, it didn't like, I don't know. I, I had kind of had a hard time with that one in a sense is it was maybe like kind of too raw for kind of some stuff that's... Mm that it relates to. Um, but it was, yeah, that, that's definitely something as well. That's just like, kind of, no, that's not a good video game, you know, just a good video game. It's a, it's like a, a pretty exceptional piece of art. Um, like I, I thought Promessa was like really moving. Same. Um, let's go to the next category. Now a game by Quantic Dream. Pessimistic <laughs> for the future of games. 
um, <laughs> 12 minutes, I'll just save. God, yeah. Just this, the, the love. It's like, it could have been so, it could have been like worthwhile. It could have been, it's like the Fight Club guys game. You know, like the, <laughs> the guy who's really into fucking Fight Club or it's the, it and just the fact that like Annapurna's behind it and it's like, it's this big deal and the way they presented it, it's like, this is going to be like the edgy, cool film, like unflinching look at our world through the, the gritty lens with which we should be looking at things. And it just was just not good. In my it also, reminds like, me of like, also like not even on this, just like the story level, right? Like there's just like gamer shit about that. That's just bad. Like there's just like from an interaction design standpoint, the game is like not good. It's not like, Oh, they really nailed the like time loop interactive story thing. And like, but the story is bad. It's like that game is just bad from like top to bottom. Yeah. It's a, uh... It reminds me of like when we were all kids, we like read Spawn comics constantly, like mistaking gruesomeness and, and violence for like some sort of maturity. Like, yeah, yeah, it's 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 dark, therefore it's deep. Yeah, yeah. Is it John Leguizamo clown of <laughs> video games? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think for, uh, they, oh, yeah, the fact that they had those like like Hollywood superstars doing voice roles, but like doing American accents and you can't even recognize them. Like they just like bring that, like, of course, Willem Dafoe is Willem Dafoe. Cause you can't. Yeah. I want to see like, like James McAvoy's face to sort of like appear like his headshot at the bottom with a little audio bar. When it's really him. It's away. really him guys. Yeah. <laughs> just so I, know. I swear to God. Yeah. I still don't believe that was him. It was a Guillermo yeah, Daisy, 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 yeah, like, yeah. That's not fucking Daisy Ridley. It was a Metroid thing where his a reflection of his face me. shows up in the screen. <laughs> <laughs> like when there's like a light flash, it's like William Defoe's face. Oh man, this is a great time to bring up my favorite, uh, my favorite take on Bad End, which is that culture is dead. Because like <laughs> something about seeing Age of Empires four and Halo Infinite come out this year, I'm just like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, Age of Empires mm-hmm. four is just Age of Empires two like with very, very little changed and people are like eating that shit up. Uh, and like mm-hmm. Halo infinite is just like halo three and people are just like eating that shit up. And halo like infinite is like fucking battlefield three and people are just eating that shit. No, up. but nobody, nobody likes this battlefield. Cause at least yeah. it's like broken. And it one of bad. the biggest games of this year was fucking super Mario 3d world plus Bowser's fury, which is a basically remake slash expansion of a Wii U game that came out like eight years ago. Yeah, but it's yeah, got no one, Cat Mario. It's got Fantasia's <laughs> Fury, and no one played Wii U games. We had the, the re-release. Yeah, I mean, like, for most people, it's the first time they're playing it. But just like seeing that stuff is like, what are we fucking doing, man? Like, what is? <laughs> that's the shit that makes yeah. me lose games is just seeing like these high budget productions of just the same shit. Uh, just, Halo Infinite gives me the. Uh, <laughs> Stay tuned to bullet points. I, I finished that game yesterday and, and wrote about it for our next issue. That seeing that game and sort of seeing the praise of it is like it's one of those things where I remember there were all these great reviews for like the first Avengers movie, like the Joss Whedon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Here here we go. And I <laughs> and I went to the theater to see it based on everyone being like, This is good. And it was like painful. Like first first 20 minutes, you're like, oh, yeah, OK. And then it just keeps going. And then I kind of feel like, um, you know, uh, running around saying the sky's falling or something like like I'm I've just lost it completely because everyone's like, 
No, and then like Guardians of the Galaxy Two by James Gunn is is excellent, and so is this. And then like like watch them, and it's like this fucking suck. And it's the same thing <laughs> over and over. And then like Halo Infinite is one of those things in games where, like in theory, I have a bit more skin in the game of like having opinions. <laughs> and Halo Infinite is just like man, it's um, it, it is the death of culture. That's the best way to put it. It is. <laughs> The fucking vacuum <laughs> sucking in just anything worthwhile. It is, hey, do you remember Halo? Like, here's another Halo. Yeah, here's Halo. You could play the Halos originally, and then we remastered them for you as well. But what about this one? And technically, it's a new story, but don't worry. It's not actually, like, new. Like, everything's the same as you liked it before. That stuff is just yeah. man. Something like New World 2 is like kind of adjacent to this where like you give one of the most like rich companies in the world the ability to make a video game and they pop out like a fucking MMO like it's 2006 and you're like this was your this was your multi-billion dollar idea was to produce like a a game that already feels dated like what like it's like the people in charge were like well we know like we played WoW when we were what were the ideas they rejected at Amazon Game Studio? That was going to be like their flagship. I, I don't know. I right? like I think it's just like, yeah, it's just something about this like sort of remake culture that's sort of starting to set in is not necessarily feeling like this beautiful rearticulation of like games history. And it's starting to feel more like, well, what if we just make the same things that people liked before? That's almost um, like the thing too with like the PS5 where, I mean... I do own one, so I will account to that. Oh, but the launch title was fucking. It is Souls. so <laughs> funny that like everyone who's who has it is like, check out my games. They're just PS4 games that load faster. <laughs> <laughs> and that is like what everybody's been talking about this year. <laughs> Did you hear? They just released that PS4 game on the PS5 now. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And, and, and like, now, like especially with Sony, like shutting down their their Japan studios and. Yeah. Making it heinously clear that the only games they are they're gonna like invest in at all in at all are gonna be like two hundred million dollar sequels to the same four franchises that they've decided are like their safe bets now. So like Horizons and uh, The Last of Us's and uh, Spider Spider folks. I want to say this is to kind of go back to this the um the trends discussions that we've been having, but to me this all feels like the byproduct of these trends that have been in motion for years, which is we have these genres that are really coming to the forefront of games. Roguelike, for instance. I love roguelikes. I love playing them. I think they're a lot of fun. Um, if we look at like crafting games, there's some fun stuff that's come out of that, like Breath of the Wild like shows an example of where that can go. Even Minecraft is a good game. We talked about Valheim earlier. Multiplayer shooters. There's you know stuff like Valorant and stuff. A lot of this stuff is A- focused on emergent gameplay where the fun comes from like playing the game socially or experiencing something different because you're playing with like real life human beings or discovering new combinations of things that you didn't know were possible before stuff like that but at the same time like the sense of authorial control the sense of like there being some artistic message or statement behind these types of games that grip is becoming a lot more loose in video games to the point where everything is starting to be influenced by this. And 
that message is starting to kind of disintegrate. I mean, I think that one kind of perfect example of this that didn't really make this uh, off the top of my head, this this makes you pessimistic for the future of games, but now I'm starting to think of it like maybe it might be a good fit for this is Metroid Dread, which when we look at this the single player installments of Metroid and, you know, a lot of what Metroid has done in the past, there's this focus on atmosphere. There's this focus on like art direction and the way that these worlds are designed and the world building of these games. But that was something that seemed largely missing from this game to me. And even though the action, I had a lot of fun with it. I, I enjoyed my time playing that game. It felt like it had been really influenced by this hunger for emergent gameplay that is all the rage right now that a lot of roguelikes are bringing along with them and it's kind of a worse game for it if they had done the like the atmospherics is something that like a lot of games just really don't have right now and that's something that it felt like metroid dread really kind of lost the thread on and to me is almost kind of disappointing and it feels like something that we've seen from a lot of single player games that are trying to take more influence from these other even halo for instance, like if you look at Halo mm-hmm. Infinite and like just the way that it, the sound design works and what used to be good about Halo, now that they've now that it's been influenced by like loot boxes and like all these things that are all the rage that are not necessarily bad in and of themselves, um, it takes away from like what made these things good in the first place. So it's like these just watered down mm-hmm. kind of shittier versions of things that have come out before. Yeah. It's like the opposite of where like Moon Down and those kind of games go, where it's like there's like authorial message and there's like intent. And it's like, we're going to like, we're going to like erase that layer. And it's just going to be about making something that like gets into people's like word of mouth streams, like gets on social media, gets into the zeitgeist. Um, And it worked super well with Halo. (laughs) Like it's like aesthetically the same as it's ever been, but like it just hit that like whatever like spark that allowed it to explode into this like bigger phenomenon. But that's, I feel like I totally see that being the future of games, like being this like platforms platforms that will get people like playing and talking about them and then buying the mic microtransactions um i mean it's it's working it's it's happening with movies as well like that's marvel like the new spider-man is just look at all the old spider-mans put into a new movie like that's like they're copying what is what games are doing and they're putting into a movie yeah and i think like anything that allows you know maximum kind of promotion and minimum need to say anything specific enough that might alienate like any fraction of an audience is Mm -hmm. becoming very popular like you know far cry 6 is you know ubisoft is very good at being the yeah they're they're the they're the champs i think of well and more than anything else i think you play those games and they are you know we have stuff about this and i i still think like i think uh ed smith former uh co-editor bullet points when he wrote about Far Cry 5, I think like kind of nailed <laughs> what those games are and it's becoming what a lot of games are in general, like mainstream games, is they're so good at flooding you with like sort of like hints of something that might make you think of an actual opinion. Like they'll have a guy who's wearing like, a, you know, a red baseball cap that says like baga on it you know and then you're like oh and then you know someone else like shows up and then they're like you know wearing a they just they they put these little signifiers in all over the place to confuse you and kind of like if you try to follow the thread of what they're actually saying it becomes like headache inducing to like 
try to parse what the stuff is, and it all amounts to nothing. It's like, why, why, are the, why did the grunts in Halo, why are they cute now? That really confuses me. I like them. Why, why do they have so much dialogue now? Because that's all, that's... But what, but what... It's the Joss <laughs> Whedonization. It it's the Joss Whedonization. They're like saying they talk so much. They are, they do talk more than they need to. But remember like, Yusuf, we played through original Halo. Those grunts are, they're pretty fun. They're always but they like have like they have, they're like they have, they're like doing whole monologues now. Like they're in like, I don't know, like it's giving something, something about giving them character, like feels like it's like Halo being like, this doesn't mean anything. Like this is not a story. This is like, you just want to have fun. And like, so like when you like kill a guy and he's like making it, cracking a joke while you kill him, then it's like more entertaining. They should mod the minions into Halo (laughs) instead of grunts. Um, We have a lot more categories, but I feel like we should start getting to game of the year stuff. Um, I I came up with some quick categories um, that we can just really quickly run through here. Best roguelike. Did any of you all play any of these? Curse of the Dead Gods, Rogue Book, Boyfriend Dungeon, Returnal, Into the Pit, Grifflands. I briefly played Into the Pit, but there wasn't really much there to. Yeah, uh, I dug into the pit. I I actually, actually, I think the game that's not listed that I think is actually really good um, is a Rift Wizard, which is sort of like a roguelike. It's this um kind of like one bit color almost it looks like a rogue it looks like a roguelike uh sorry i guess it is a roguelike <laughs> but it, it looks like old school roguelike um but you play as like a sorcerer and you um like combine stuff to make spells and it's just like very 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 well done and it's like it's like on the opposite end of something like mondan that's like um trying to like say something like i think this game is like so assuredly a video game which is we talk about this on bad end a bit as well of like this, like the, the, the line that you were sketching read, I think the, the issue with it is like, there's games that are like too scared to be video games because it's like uncool or something. So they try to ride this line of saying something to like build some cultural cachet. And I think Josh and I especially have just been like, just be a fucking video game. Like you just be a video game. And that'll, that'll, that's like, there's more to talk about there. But when you put yourself in this like middle area, it's like you're in this sort of undefined space and Rift Wizard is like a video game. It is not like a, there's nothing about this that's trying to like say something. Uh, and it's just like really well done. Uh, it's, it's good. I also haven't played, uh, oh, no, I won't say that one, but yeah, I would say Rift Wizard's on my, my list. It's not making a critique of the masculinity of magic, like an Earth Laguinian Earthsea. You know, <laughs> Yusuf, it might be, it might be. Bullet points, February edition. We got it. <laughs> I haven't Get played Returnal, but I feel like that would be the the best roguelike. Yeah, I think, yeah. A lot of people hated it. Like, oh, really? though, I'm, it's kind of confusing that it's been retconned as, like, a great game. Oh, and then, God. like, when it f- came uh, out, everyone was... When it came out, everyone was mad about it because of the, like, performance, right? Like, I remember reading Gareth was even tweeting about it, saying that it was just crashing all the time. Uh, so it could be, like, a... I would say I played maybe, a bit of it. Into the pit for me, me, probably, or Curse of the Dead Gods, probably Into the Pit. Did you play Curse of the Dead Gods? Me, yeah, I played a lot of Curse of the Dead Gods. It's all right. Yeah, I love the art style of that game, but I never played the actual thing. Um, Best shooting, Mm -hmm. Outriders. 
Pew pew pew. Oh, Splitgate. Splitgate. Oh yeah, Splitgate. I haven't played that best one. Gun, best gun feel of. I feel like it's cheating to say Halo. Halo's also good. Halo, like you know, is Halo is really good. better than Outriders? Read. Outriders felt good, actually. That gun feel was solid. Those spell gun combos. Mm. There was so Splitgate fun. was yeah, better than actually, Halo you know to me. Outriders just has like the molasses third person issue. Everything just feels so like. But it just move. it hits though. It ain't molasses it's when like, you get that blink skill. Yeah, on it's the like one better guy. Gears of War. It's like fast Gears of War. Yeah. I think I fucked up by playing it on PS4. I should have played it on PC. Maybe. You know, yeah. it might be like sixty dollars. I think that. you're right. It might be Air Riders. I haven't mm-hmm. played the campaign like Reed, so I don't have that to sour myself on uh, just yet, and maybe I will. There's still time. Um, but I've just been going at the multiplayer in the in the big boy. For Halo? Big, yeah, the, the big boy yeah. big matches. Um, <laughs> for only big boys only. Only big, big boys. Bo- for only big boys. And <laughs> even though I don't really know what any of the red guns do, I always feel like there's base suit some specific purpose and it's just beyond me um but it's still like it's like a blast with the with the with an ever-rotating gang of idiots like you all spawn and someone hops into the driver's seat of that warthog and you climb into the back and anything can happen uh from that point on Uh, maybe maybe they'll drive you in a good angle actually shoot someone maybe they're just about to drive you straight off a cliff um (laughs) The culture of Halo, like, I don't know if they're using, like, new filters or whatever, but the culture of Halo feels so different where, like, if I turn back when, like, Halo 3 was out and I was actually playing those games, like, it was so toxic to, like, turn on that headset and just have <laughs> people with, like, the robot voice chat on saying the most horrendous <laughs> things in a year. And this time around, like, when there are people with voice chat activated, all they're saying is, like, yes, sir, or... uh <laughs> Let's or go. like i'm bad at this like that's all you hear now you don't hear you barely hear swears uh you don't hear anyone cursing at each other it's just like everyone's mind is at the point where they're just going yes sir yes sir whether or not they just like downed a banshee or just like slipped off into a bottomless pit it's like the same neutral reaction to everything it does feel like the the voice chat has gotten a little bit less ridiculous recently that's a good trend um, i don't know i did play some call of duty and call of duty just like halo infinite like still holds kind of the title yeah of for sure excellent guns call of duty has excellent guns as well but call of duty holds on to the the honor of most horrendous shit you're gonna hear in just like a public voice chat counter-strike counter-strike is still awful yeah counter-strike mm-hmm. still- uh, yeah maybe, maybe it's less bad. of a games culture thing and just like the the most horrible gamers have decided which games they'll they'll hold their ground on. Yeah, it's imagine if Stink Island, Crusader Kings had voice chat. <laughs> <laughs> no, you knave. Yeah, it'd be maidenless runt. <laughs> um, um, Kyle, anything? Were you gonna say something? Best shooting. I was gonna say Splitgate. Or sorry, Halo. Yeah. Splitgate or Halo. Honestly, I feel like I would not play Splitgate anymore. That Halo Infinite is like pretty good. Halo sucks, dude. I hate the shooting in that game. <laughs> no, like, I just actually hate it. 
it just you feels just, you're, very you're bad. Too in, you're too in like you've been like getting. I've been Valor pilled. Like, try harding at Valorant. I've been Valorant pilled. Yeah. I'm used to like shooting a gun and like knowing what's going to happen. I will I say the, the thing. So the thing though about Halo Infinite um, that they don't tell you is that the hit scan, if you're using a controller, is fucking insane. So if you were playing with the mouse and keyboard, it is like impossibly harder. The hit so, scan is better when you're playing with controller. Yeah, is this yeah. what you're telling me? Because if you're because if you're using a mouse and keyboard, it's like way narrower, so you have to like be incredibly precise. And if you're using a controller, you can just sort of like aim near them. Halo is not about precision. Halo is like yeah, and it's like it's like aggressively bad, like or it's like aggressively different to the point where it's like you were at a disadvantage playing at mouse and keyboard. Halo, the guns, so. the best guns to me always feel like it's like the enemies are, you know, like drawings, like charcoal drawings, and the guns are like big erasers. <laughs> like you're just like, it's <laughs> like just, and then eventually they just disappear. You know, Call of Duty or something like that is like, yeah, it's like drawing with a pencil. Halo is <sighs> like crayons. I hate tracking. Maybe that's why I, I don't really like, see, but that's the thing, like Apex Le- Legends, all about, that's like a similar thing, the tracking stuff, but. And I played a lot of Apex Legends. I just didn't really like it as much. But Halo, I actually just actively really dislike. Um, okay, let's go to the next thing. I had a couple more categories. Best jumping, best crafting. But I think we should just go to our top five things. Top games. Um, I don't know if... I don't know how to do this. Because, Reed, Yusuf, I know you guys probably want to talk about your favorite... I don't know if you want to spoil your stuff on here. Um, so, I mean, we can... Maybe Kyle... I don't know if you want to do that. Kyle and I could also just give ours and maybe Zach if you want. Um, and then we can discuss those games as they come up. I, I assume there will be some overlap, but I'm yeah, that, that. that works for me. Okay. So me, Kyle, and then Zach will do ours. Uh, Zach, you go first. Yeah. Uh, so I'm good. Cause I, uh, I already tweeted my top 10 games of the year, uh, paired with, uh, clown art, uh, <laughs> pair with the cl- the um, clown art of American painter uh, Robert Owen. Uh, as I great my, my my brain continues to deteriorate year after year after I come up with these uh, pairings. But yes, No More Heroes three is probably my game of the year. Like I said before, it it really rekindled that certain something of like you know uh, renting a game at Blockbuster with like no not a care in the world and no idea what's about to load on your PlayStation 2 uh, when it finally does um, truly just Suda's creative synapses just firing off uh, and 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 complemented nicely with like combat that rules I know like the original No More Heroes was always like an experiment in like what does a, a punk video game design aesthetic look like and he's just created this like series of games about uh, a habitual loser who like looks like uh, the guy no one talks to at a bar called like Sugar Baby Daddy Colas or something. And and throughout the series, like he's just sort of accidentally ended up with this character arc of like a guy who originally got into the field of being a superhero assassin to get laid into a guy who finally realizes that. Actually, the best thing in life is to drink beers and talk about Takashi Miike movies with with a couple of buddies uh, and is only thrust into back into the fray because like 
a space alien that's like a version of him if his dad owned a uh, car lot is now threatening to destroy the planet. Uh, just like this new <laughs> outer space sociopath with like all these bizarre alien friends of theirs. And uh, if you don't mow, if you don't mow them down, if you don't pick up that sword one last time, uh, you know the whole planet's gonna blow up, and that just means no more cool samurai movies, and that's gonna be a big problem. Roll, no roll more lawn beers. No, <laughs> no more beers. Um, and yeah, so for like reasons for like that, and just sort of like consolidating a certain antithesis to everything you'd usually want or to market a game around while still, like, genuinely being fun. It's not like I don't enjoy it merely as, like, a piece of spite uh, towards, like, the <laughs> conventional commercial video game. It is genuinely... It's it's genuinely fun to play. It's genuinely... The combat's genuinely fun. I genuinely uh, really engage with, like, how I'm chaining these combos together, how I'm using these, like, death chips arts to to lock all these enemies in, like, these truly brutal combos... Just, like, making these horrible space people uh, and sending them packing. And yes, because it, it focuses its creative energy on not, like, convincing or, or high-fidelity graphics, but just, like, having all these artists collaborate to, like, constantly pull these cards out of its sleeve. And yes, that's, that's what I want out of games. I want, I want the magic trick. I can go to any game now to, like wade through a realistic environment and find out that their post-apocalyptic world sucks for X, Y, and Z reason. Or I can go toe-to-toe with cotton candy monsters who are playing a lethal game of musical chairs. And I know which one I'm going to opt for because one just feels more exclusive and special than the other. This seems, yeah, it seems dope. I, I will definitely play that. All right. Who's... Who's next? I'll go next. I only have three. <laughs> um, and they're so boring. I don't know. It's, it's such a weird year in video games. Uh, I guess like my number three is, I guess, Splitgate. Ouch. For no, <laughs> for no Ouch, dude. For no reason. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, I really like Splitgate. I think it was just like, um, I think I was just like really, really, uh, surprised by it in the sense that like, it's the sort of core conceit sounds so corny. It's like, uh, it's, it's like Halo, but with portals. Um, and I think there's a, there's a way when you hear that, where that sounds like too insane and like kind of crazy and whatever, but the way they go about doing the portal system by kind of limiting it to certain walls and stuff makes the gameplay be like really fun and sort of compelling. Um, and yeah, I just had a really good time. Like I think Splitgate was a really good game for a while where I was just like, it's like what I would play after work for like an hour or two. I would just like open up Splitgate and just like fuck around. Um, and it was good. I feel like it's worth saying a lot of the shit that I didn't play this year that I still really want to play. Like I really want to play Wildermyth. Uh, that looks like it's gonna. That's like right up my fucking alley. Um, so I really want to play that and see if that is good. All the stuff that I mentioned: Genesis Noir, Mundan, X01, Psychonauts Two. Uh, 
that's all shit I want to play, but I just didn't get around to it. Um, I think like there's something, I mean, there's one thing that's like, I don't know, when thinking about my list this year, I think unlike any other year before this, my, this is like the, I've been as of like early November, uh, I guess it was, sorry, this past November, like a month ago has been marks like a year of full production on Cantata. And there's just like something about like working on video games for eight hours a day for a year that like I stop playing, like I, I get done with work and I like don't really want to play a video game because <laughs> I'm just like in it, like fucking like inches from my face all day. So like the stuff that I gravitated towards this year was definitely stuff that was like get in, get out, fix games and like Bloodborne um, whenever, I don't remember when I started that, but that's like, I'll play that like late at night or something. It's just sort of like a play before I go to bed or whatever. But the other stuff is like a lot of my recreational time was just like, well, I don't want to play a video game. So I'm just like, I'm making this game. And this was like, this is sort of a new experience for me. Cause I was sort of in games before that, but like this right now, I'm just literally every day working on video games. So, um, I think my list is sort of colored by that. Um, so Splitgate for a while was the best thing to jump in and out of. Is that your only game that you have? I have three games. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Splitgate's not the only game. No, no, no. What do you got? Oh, um, let's say, uh, Resident Evil Village. Yeah. Oh, I didn't play that either. Yeah. That looked, that looked good. It was one of those video gamey video games and it was very pulpy. It felt, it was just fun to play. It was like, it wasn't scary, but it was, it was like a, it had that like fun, scary aspect to it where it's just like a joy. I feel like it had that paranormal activity thing where it was like, oh, you're going to scare me. You're gonna, like, it's just this fun, like back and forth where the game is like, it's, you know, it's trying to spook you. And when it happens, you're like, oh, you got me. And then it's just, you just do go. It's that for like however many hours you're playing the game. The shooting is fun. Like the actually playing the game is nice. Um, there's some beautiful scenery and environments in there. Uh, it, it's just the fidelity and graphics are just like wonderful. And then just like the art direction is, it's just cool. Uh, I just, I enjoyed it. And the ending is just, it, it, it nails the landing. So that's what's up. I wish I wish that game was just never tried to be serious at all because it sucks so bad. But even when it's trying to be serious, it doesn't feel like it's strictly trying to be serious to me. Like it always feels kind of corny. And I don't want to say it feels intentional because I don't I don't know if it's that deep, but it, it never got to the point where like it felt like it was taking itself so seriously that it was off putting to me. Yeah. But I, um, if it was I like the monsters, there's some great monsters in that. Yeah, some great little freaks. <laughs> it's the top top video game freaks of the year, I think. Mm-hmm. Like the the lake, <laughs> the like frog man. Like, oh yeah, uh, Moreau. Yeah, yeah, that guy's a hall of famer. He's, <laughs> when he jumps out, he's, he's like, what, what, about the, uh, like what about the 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 doll, the wedding doll? She yeah, she's pretty good. When you stab the doll in the face, and it's just she's like, (laughs) (laughs) great. That stuff is (laughs) extremely solid. Yeah, Um, I was shocked that people were saying that part was like 
Like, I understand that's the scary? scariest part. Yeah, I didn't find any of the game, especially. It's all sort of, like, delightful and corny. Yeah, same. Uh, even, if it, even if it fails as, like, being chilled to the bone, uh, it's still, like, <laughs> constantly entertaining. Like, yeah, even, even like, the running around from a... How's running around from, like, a giant baby saying gaga, yeah. gaga, Like, yeah. that's not intimidating at all. That's, like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny okay that's, that was dis- that was disgusting chased by baby and that yeah that was disgusting <laughs> but it was also amazing at the same time sorry zach just had a great leo's karox pool that was uh yeah kyle got it let's talk about fucking Annette on the podcast yeah okay kyle back to me yeah mm. um uh, this one's related to the second one or the, the one i just said I'm gonna put Halo Infinite on there, man. I think like Splitgate, uh, I'm sorry, but you're doing when you try to be like a Halo game and a Halo game comes out that's a better Halo game, then like it's over. Uh and <laughs> I like I see myself playing Halo Infinite basically until I don't know. Overwatch two comes out and it's like really good. Like Halo infinite now feels like the shooter that I will be playing for the next, like however long until something else subsumes that for a while it was overwatch. Uh, and then I stopped playing stuff a bit cause I got tired of playing overwatch. And then I was really into split gate and infinite now is like, I think especially because it's like, it's still, it's very active as like a games community right now. You just fucking launch a match. It's also like, I'm so glad to have like arena games back and none of this like 45 minute battle royale bullshit. Like I get in, I play a game, I get out. Like it doesn't take a long time. It's fun. I know it will be, it'll know it will feel good. I know that I'll get like a little bit better. And even like compared to just like, I mean, actually today of the time of recording this podcast, they literally just put out a proper Slayer playlist so you don't have to like fucking deal with oddball and king of the hill and all that shit. You can just go in, get your sleigh on, get out. You don't have to like <laughs> move a fucking crate across the yeah. map and like sit next to it and defend it or something. You don't have to like do other shit. It's like, I want to go in and kill some people and then get out. And that's like all I want to do. And, uh, infinite feels fucking good. The skill ceiling feels really high. Like, like just in the maps are good. The game looks good. I haven't played the campaign yet. So, this is fully on the multiplayer side of it. Um, but I think of stuff I've enjoyed this year. I, I am really enjoying infinite. Um, so that's my, none and of these, this list is going to look basic like the number as fuck four game on my list. It's a fucking basic list, man. I'm not even going to lie. If you like, I like Kyle that in your list though, it's like, and, and when you said like, sorry, Slipgate, but then, Halo came out. I do like the poetic justice of when a game is just like a fucking rip off. Like, <laughs> like what great. are people playing? Like they're playing like, what's the Dark Souls rip off that has like a guy in a mech suit or something? And they're like, yo, yo, this is pretty good. Uh, and then like Dark and Sekiro comes out, and they're like, oh, never mind. Never <laughs> mind. Just, <laughs> Remnant from the ashes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was that one with that. There was that. That yeah, I know you're talking about the mech suit one. When I never played it, but yeah, but it was like Dark Soulsy. Like, oh, it's like Dark Souls. But you, yeah, you can't compete with your good. OG. You can't compete and, with your OG. And like, no. Infinite comes out and they're like, oh shit. 
But is that, but is that maybe like, that's interesting because it's like to your point of like game, like the future of games being re- infinitely returning, no pun intended, to like the past, like Splitgate tried to do something different. I mean, granted, they tried to do it by like pastiching up like mechanics from a very famous shooter, but it's also like, there's something where people just want the original thing that they like. And then it's like, that's kind of games of 2021. I do think there's something with that of like, like it's not there. There's like, there's this current in games that is sort of goes against what I'm saying, which is also true, which is that like, I don't think like the first person shooter had to go past where we did with like halo three. Like, I feel like we got to a good point. Right. And even like Valorant, right? Like, Valorant is a lot like Counter-Strike. It's like Counter-Strike with powers. Fine. Like, I, I don't, I don't like see us like needing to sort of move forward so far where like, yeah, I think like maybe around that time, like Counter-Strike really made it, nailed it. Like Halo really nailed their style. Call of Duty nailed their style or whatever. But I think the weird thing is that like, there's this, there's this feeling that you can't, you both like can't do that and just like do the same thing, but different. But then also like, it's weird to play like age of empires four where it's, it feels like such an obvious, um, like capitulation look at, almost look at that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, cause they did three and three was pretty different compared to two. And like, it's like, okay, well like if you're going to just make age of empires two again, like why did you go this direction for three? Granted, like the fucking studio has been through a million different hands or whatever, but yeah, there's, there's something with like, we both like want things that are new and feel new, but at the same time, like if you sold me Halo 3 to play on PC, I would probably be interested in doing that because it would still feel good. Like games, like it's, it's, I think especially like in the past decade or two decades, like we've just gotten better at game design. And because of that, like games don't like age from a mechanics perspective as fast as they did. Like you go back and like play a fucking board game from the fifties and they'll feel like a piece of shit. Like you play like a game from 10 years ago and that'll probably feel decently okay in a way that when you like grew up with like the PlayStation or like N64 or like whatever, like 10 years Mm -hmm. before that was like a fucking lifetime ago. It's like everything could be improved on from then. So we're like reaching into this moment. (laughs) (laughs) We're like getting into this moment where like games don't really like age as quickly. We're just better at what we do now. So it's not like because it's now, you know, a year after a game came out that somehow that game is like old, even as games themselves are like, I don't know. Like we, we, so we always still want that chase of the new, but it's not like, and like play, like playing Bloodborne right now, like Bloodborne has come out so a fucking decade ago and I'm like playing this and it's like still feels fresh. And that's like great. Uh, There's also the, like the big thing too of like what is chased as innovation versus like kind of like, comfort food in games like you look at something and i think the thing about a dark souls imitator or something is if one of those games that is trying to kind of do the dark souls style does it and kind of does it with you know the thing about from is that they made three dark souls and then even though they're making games that are sort of similar in design they're also coming up with different stories and different aesthetics and yeah you know you could tell it's by the same group of people and it, you know shares like the spirit but like if they're making dark souls 7 instead of elden ring coming out next year then like who gives a shit but they they are sort of using the same thing like a halo infinite that was 
about entirely different characters that had nothing to do with anything that's been done in Halo before. And, you know, it could still be and, and was designed like Halo 3 or something. Um, like, that could be a really good game. It's just... Yeah. Technically, it's Destiny. Destiny. <laughs> yeah, if, hey, Destiny yo. Just, if Destiny they could just figure out how to, like, Ring the bell. sell me the new thing without you know, needing to hire an expert to buy it for me. Then I just think there's like, there's like a model here that is like game studios. I think it's like as players, like getting less reactionary against stuff. That's like, not like just totally new and being more comfortable with like a studio or studios or iterating around a theme or something. I I think like some of the best studios do this, like from, or even like, um, Mm -hmm. Like you play an Insomniac game and you sort of know what you're going to get in that. And that's like the theming around that changes, but there's this sort of like mechanical callback to previous entries or like, you know, Rockstar, right? Is a good example too. Like yeah. you know what you're going to get the, the Rockstar game. Yeah. And, and every one of their games is sort of like an iteration on that. I think that the thing that yeah. is like more crass is when people try to sell those things or pitch them as sort of, new things or something that they never really get like backpedaled. Like in some ways I feel like the, the, um, like the narrative around infinite was that like, this is the halo that you've like known and loved, which is like more honest, maybe like a harder pill to swallow because you want to think of yourself as some big outgoing person who wants to play all the fun new stuff, but like really you want to play halo three on PC and that's really what they're doing for you. Um, I don't know where this point point is going. No, I think that is actually like fully the the dual streams of games, like where it's like we have terrible archiving and like the ability (laughs) to play old games, but people also just want to play the old games. Like that is what fucking games are. Like we're just making the old games over and over again because games are super hard to make. (laughs) Games are like, like, yeah, interesting games are really, really, really hard to make. They're going to make HD versions of every PS1 JRPG, and I'm going to be tempted to buy each. Yeah, yeah you, you are. Hell yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that's the thing, too. It's like, it is true, like, with Kyle, what you were saying before, too, is, like, you can play Halo Infinite now, and it's not going to take you long to get into a match. And yeah. that, you know, that is something you can't discount, right? Like, <laughs> the fact that, like, I'll, I'll say, yeah, Halo 2 is right there to play the campaign or whatever, but, like, if I want to play some Halo multiplayer, you kind of got to, I don't know. Master it's, Chief it's really, Collection. It's true. I did play, I did find matches in Master Chief Collection. Uh, yeah. It's weird that Master Chief Collection is also Mass Effect came out this year, the Legendary Edition. We didn't oh, really mention yeah. that. Speaking that came like, out this year. Yeah, that did come out <laughs> this year. Oh my God. It's like, <laughs> we're just forever replaying the past. Yeah, it stinks. I don't know. Uh, Psychonauts 2, that's my next installment. (laughs) Sort of, but it's like, this is the, Psychonauts 2 is the Breath of the Wild thing that Kyle talks about a lot, where it's like, what you experienced in the first game, if they actually had the resources to do it to the extent that your imagination wishes that it could, and it fully goes there with it, which is why I, I really like that game. I actually haven't finished it yet, but it's just like the amount that I played, it was like, this is clearly above and beyond just imagine it imagination wise, just way above and beyond a lot of what other video games are doing right now. 
with regards to like art direction and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just an instant placement on this list for me. Yeah. It also feels like they, it's like they had a desire to make Psychonauts too. Like it wasn't, you know, whether this is true or not, it feels like yeah. there was an urge to make this. Like they're like, yeah. oh, there's more we want to do with this. Like you could kind of see it being maybe there's three Psychonauts, right? Like it's kind of a continuing story about growing up and, you know, past generations, like coming of age and reckoning with your parents' generation and everything. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel cynical. It doesn't feel like, okay, well, let's, let's make another one. Right. Let's make some money. Which easily could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle? Oh, I had infinite. Oh, did, was your Psychonauts too? That wasn't my game uh, of the year. It was just. Oh, no. I have my game of the year. What's your game of the year? We're we ready? Yeah. Oh, Zach, do you have any more? Oh, other than um, No More Heroes, no more Heroes 3. Uh, I really liked Inscription. Uh, I think a lot of the. Yeah, good I guess games Inscription of the year. would be on this list. Check out Zach's list for more. Yeah, yeah. I, I put my whole I put my whole damn clown list out for all to see. Uh, yeah, on my Twitter. If you want to see clowns and games that I liked, always uh, my favorite thing. Yeah, no, yeah. Psychonauts two's up on in there. Cruelty Squad, but Inscription Cruelty Outbreak. Squad this year. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was like in really? the springtime. Yeah, was it? Wasn't it in like? Was it in early access for a long time? It was in early access for like a little blip, and then it suddenly sort of tumbled out as this beautiful sludge baby of uh, goo. And um, like, imagine you like just like you were having a nightmare about that old uh, maze screensaver. Yeah, that's very very on point. That is, yeah. (laughs) I gotta play more of that. I was like. There's just like a lot of horrible things it, to do in that game. It's, it's Does it like go somewhere? Uh, it depends how far you're willing to go with it. Like it can, it goes some weird place. If you want like I would recommend like uh playing it on your own and seeing where it ends up taking you and if you feel like you missed out on something, watch a Divi's very thorough video of of like the true endings you can uncover. But that makes me feel 30 years old like looking at multiple endings just like i don't fucking care yeah <laughs> straight to youtube yeah i'm like okay i'll go look at the video <laughs> if that Man, it's, I, it makes right. me feel 30 years old yeah how old are you i'm 30 i'm 30 years old right now <laughs> okay so it'll make you feel exactly as old as you currently are as old as I am. yeah it took me a while to say, think, remember like oh yeah that'd make me younger if i was yeah yeah i'm i'm 30 right now it makes you feel um, like you've you're in your 30s as much makes you feel like i'm in my 30s where i'm like alternate ending does alter like seeing like alternative ending does not make me be like i can't wait to play this again next weekend i'm like all right well i'll watch the youtube video of that and uh peace uh I think my game of the year and minute uh, hour to minute 23 of this podcast, I think the sweet, sweet two and a half weeks where I played Valheim were some of the most pure gamer ecstasy moments of 2021 for me. It's just like, I'm not even sure that I haven't played that game really since then. 
they have like weirdly not updated it like at all, which is kind of, I'm not someone to like call out developers because I mean, massive solidarity, but like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> it's like it's the biggest fucking game of 2021. And there's been like kind of one update. Um, and just like that, just like, yeah, just playing that and like just going f- back into like full, like young gamer where I'm like staying up late, like way too late playing this game with friends and this like shared world and like having, you know, dynamic emergent video game experiences together. Hence, henceforth unseen, like chopping a tree down and having it fall on someone. It's fucking like, just, you can't beat that. There's like nothing, nothing in games has beat that this year. Um, and like, just fucking like, just fucking with that physics stuff. Like, you would knock a tree off a cliff. So, and then just like watch it roll down and knock down other trees and stuff. And then you could like dig like rivers to kind of like log yourself back into your town. And like, just even, even like all the, like the sort of Norsey stuff in that game where you first find the islands that are like giant turtles or like it being like really misty and like you're sailing back into the, like port that you and your friends made or when you get like music. one shot by the stuff in the next section that you're not supposed to be at or you're <laughs> yeah. sailing and you're with your friends like and it, everything goes like, wrong fuck. and yeah. Or sharing knowledge that with your friends about like how you do this thing, like, Oh, how do you make the ground a different yeah. level? Like all these different little interactions, showing off your creations to your friends, building a building a village with your friends is really, really cool. And like just all, all those interactions were just so it felt like the pinnacle of where games have been taking us for a while with a lot of multiplayer interaction. Yeah. The thing that the reason I stopped playing it, which like really sucks was that like, um, we had like, I guess there were like eight to 10 of us on the server, which is like right around the max, if not a little bit over. And the game just like, the game just fucking falls apart if there's like too many people in the same area um, and like too much stuff. So like we had to start doing this thing where like we literally couldn't have everybody in the same, we were basically all sort of settled around like a cove, but because there was like so much stuff and people, we had to just start like spreading out along the coast. And then once like everyone spreads out, it's like you're just sort of by yourself kind of, and you can like kind of go see people and so a lot of the sort of magic kind of dissipates there, but for a, for a moment there, it was beautiful. The dream. Um, <laughs> my game of the year, I don't think it's going to be a surprise to anybody. Uh, I've, you haven't mentioned it at all. I have purposely refrained from talking about it at any <laughs> other point in this podcast. Cause I want to be able to gush about it a little bit right now. Cause this is one of the best games I've ever played in my life. Y'all like, Final Fantasy 14 and Walker. I everything Wait, that weird and Walker too, not just not just 14 generally, but end Walker specifically. End Walker specifically and Shadowbringers, but end Walker, yeah. End Walker is that it's that game. <laughs> it's I don't really know how to describe like this is the game that gives me the most hope for the future of games in a way in that like they video games could do this but most video games won't because like most developers don't want to do this shit. It's not in their best interest to do any of the things 
that Final Fantasy Coconut says we're going to hit the four hour mark. <laughs> it's not in their best interest to do any of this shit, dude. Like, what's crazy about this game is that it's like, think about like the pla games as a service, episodic content, all these like huge, massive movements that have been happening over the past few de decades of video games. And this game is like the, it is exactly where you wished all of those things would go. It's this game where I like everything in it is context. Every single mission you do, every interaction you have with other players, it's placed in this realm of like context, not just from a story standpoint, because really every single mission that you, every single person you interact with is part of this larger story that you are, you are, is constantly building up on itself from the game's initial launch with A Realm Reborn like a decade ago. But also, like, thematically, all of your interactions are, like, it's part of the story's theme, like, which is bonkers to me. Like, they really take the community and, like, what the game is about, and your interactions are, like, really supposed to be what this game's themes are. And it puts those in front of you, in front of, in, in Endwalker, and I don't, I'm not going to spoil anything because this game is, like, it, it feels really bad to spoil this game to me because we're talking about like potential hundreds of hours worth of investment of people putting in and like this stuff being part of the payoff of that. But also not just because like the, you know, if, if, a, if a story can be ruined by being by the plot being exposed, like it's probably not a good game. I, I agree with that to a large extent, but a lot of this stuff is experiential stuff where you've been building these images of things in your mind. And then like this game is sending you there. Imagine if like, you had heard legends of like just or when you were a kid and you heard about like, dang, what if there was like a portal through the wall that I could go through and there was like something on the other side? Or what if like this TV, what if Pokemon were real? Stuff like that, right? Where like they have this, this world that has these walls within it, but it sets up walls that can be broken and there could be things beyond those walls and it breaks those walls in front of your face and that's the kind of thing that is, it's just so impressive to me that I can be sent to an entire MMO region and just my mind being boggled that I'm actually in this place talking to these people because like it's been set up like that. I, I, I don't really know how to describe what's happening here. Like just the amount of context that is there, they can send you to places that feel powerful. And I mean, they're sort of like, a, like they're like alluded to as parts of the story, like 30 hours ago and you like find yourself. Yes. Or some, some of them are not alluded to, but they're places that like still you're still sent to that. You're just like, I cannot believe I, this is a place that exists and that I am here type of thing. And that's one thing about video games in general to me is that a lot of incredible sites that we see in video games are presented without context. And for that reason, we can be looking at these amazing images. We can be looking at these amazing places, but they don't, a lot of the time, they don't really mean anything to us. But that's why some places to exist within video games are so much more appealing than others. Like if I look at a game like Cyberpunk, that game was like, I I've always wanted, and this was like a thing in Tim Rogers' Cyberpunk video where he was like, I've always wanted like a, a open world Blade Runner game where you can just like exist in this cyberpunk world, right? And that's like what cyberpunk was supposed to be delivering. But that's the reason why that world was compelling as a concept is because we had this context within the culture behind it and we just had not had the 
sandboxification of said world that had been created in our heads. But Final Fantasy XIV sets up those type of things within its own world building and lore. And then it actually lets you exist in those spaces with other players, which is like, it's bonkers. Like the, and everyone who's there is just clearly just happy to be existing in this world. And it, it bleeds through and just like the interactions that you have and the people that are there and the ways that like people talk about and experience this game. It's the nexus of all of these different developments in technology and the industry um, in a way that like feels generous. It feels like it cares about you. It feels like it's trying new things that nobody would go for. Some of the stuff that's happening in Endwalker is stuff that's just, it's like Kojima levels of like, wow, they actually are doing, they're actually, if they have this money and they're doing something totally bonkers with it. <laughs> and like, they're t like, we're, I'm not just talking about like, you know, just the basic themes that we talk about in other games. Like they're talking about the meaning of life, like fucking religion. A lot of the game feels like its own religion type. Like it feels like there's religions in this game that could be fucking real. I, I don't know. It's the con there's just an endless amount of context and it's all used and it's all leading to something bigger than itself. And I don't, it, it's one of my favorite games ever. If, if not my favorite game ever, like this final fantasy 14 has become like that stature of game for me. It's, I have a question. Is it, I'm trying to make, like, cause I have, I have no reference. Is it like if you could go to Anne Orlando and Dark Souls, <laughs> like before <laughs> it gets fucked up? Is that the idea? <laughs> exactly that. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. What's the city in uh, Disco Elysium that you don't get to go to? Um, um, is, is that like the, the big, like that's like the metropolis? Yes. So. Yes. Like the or if you could see stuff before the revolution and, but the, the thing about those games too, is that even if there was a sequel to these games that let you go to these places, it would be like a hallway with some like buildings in the background or whatever. And it wouldn't like be what you had imagined it to be. But this game is like, it feels like fan service to the extent to which, because it, it fleshes out those spaces just as much as it fleshes out everything else that you've ever seen. So it's like you could you could exist in these spaces and learn about them for weeks easily. And so it's like it's an it feels like an actual space. And the only way that they can do that is because they have this this model where you're paying on a month to month basis, you know, it's a game as a service really. And that's what they're delivering is like, they're delivering this world building at a massive scale. And, but they're sending you to places that are not just like the next zone. It's like these, it's these places that they've been setting up for years and years and years. So they're actually, they're actually taking its legacy and using that to boost the experience and send you to places that you never thought were possible. And, I don't know, like it's all of that stuff just gives me faith for the future of games. Um, I I haven't played. Um, I played up to the end of Shadowbringers, Shadowbringers which I, I felt like I was maybe cooler on it than a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But I very much understand what you're saying. And also the like the Shadowbringers stuff is is also stuff that like if you you know, I, I think if you get invested in that game enough to play like, you know, two dozen hours of it, then you're probably going to be 
locked into what it keeps doing even when you're even when the story kind of like slows down or becomes a little boring in, in bits and pieces and you don't really want to hear about like what happens in Shadowbringers but there's also the same thing where I think like we talk about stuff like Halo Infinite and these games that are kind of you know it's like the Marvel model of you keep expanding this universe forever and and finding ways to tack on new bits of fiction to it and that's obviously has to be in part what's happening with Final Fantasy 14 but the thing that's actually really interesting about it is that it just feels like a massive story that it's like it's like you know they have it all ready to go it's just when they have the funding to keep writing it is kind of how it feels like it's um I know what you mean Josh like these expansions barely feel like they are something that's tacked on. It just kind of feels like, oh, well, you're continuing to read this incredibly long story. Yeah. And they do, and the sense of because it's like an MMO, your relationship to these digital spaces, like just as architecture becomes so intimate. Um, and same thing with like a lot of the characters too, is you spend so much time with them. And especially with like the locations, you spend so much time just getting to know even for example like oh if i'm talking to this person over here and i jump over this staircase i can get down here faster and it like imprints something on your brain where it feels like you know you walk to work the same way every day and you're like oh well i go down this alley or you know cut through this uh like parking lot because i know this space this is how i get to places and it becomes like part of your mental geography Right. Um, yeah, those cues though. Like, I keep seeing screenshots, so I'm not gonna play Endwalker. Until, you can wait. Uh, yeah, you can wait on it. Don't worry about that. It's a long that. time to wait, though. <laughs> They're getting less bad, and also like if you play them on in off hours, the cues aren't really bad. But I mean, yeah, it's just this game is man. It goes some places. Every what's nuts is that I have had to slow down in this game, so I don't exhaust all the story stuff too fast which is bonkers for a game that's probably like 80 hours. Like I'm, I want to juice <laughs> it even more because it feels like it's all moving too fast for me, which is not a thing I've ever experienced in a game this long before. I saw someone in, someone in the bad in discords already like beat it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's happened. That's and crazy. I probably would have if I haven't st- stopped myself. But I'm like, I'm going to go do crafting shit now because I don't want to like exhaust the rest of the story because it's so good. I'm I'm just there's scenes in here that is like stuff that you would experience in a Kojima game. I can really only compare it to like a hit like where they're breaking fourth walls and shit and like doing stuff that you you would never like. It's wild. The stuff that they're doing in this game. I don't know. Josh said that all sounds very cool and very exciting. But um, can anyone dress up like Deadpool? and do a funny dance <laughs> is it the metaverse or like is it's it not it's the metaverse? the metaverse for sure i just i ordered grubhub in real life so that i could get a pizza eating emo in the game so that if that's not the metaverse <laughs> oh my god i don't know I what is um all right yeah. I, that's all um that's all i'm gonna say about that i'm i want to make this bad ends game of the year and walker what? yes wow kyle are you okay with this Listen, I have no strong opinions on any of the games that are on my list this year. I feel Not like Valheim that <laughs> you played for one month. No, I don't. I feel like 
the, the bad end choice that I don't think either Josh or I have played is probably like Mundon uh, or like Psychonauts 2, but neither of us have like. I didn't beat Psychonauts 2, but I played enough of it. Like I, I have to be more mostly done with that game. And I, it's not going to be Final Fantasy 14 for me. I feel like I advocate I mean, my role to pick like a, a, a goatee. If you want to say it's Endwalker, I'm, I feel like Endwalker also, it, it aligns in sort of the theme of this year for my list as well, which is like, it was just like stuff that was fun to get into and play with friends. Yeah. And I think that Endwalker seems like it's up there. And I did play, I did try Final Fantasy 14, however long ago this, this year. Um, the big caveat cool, to this is the first A Realm Reborn is bad. It's pretty yeah. bad. And um, I would like if if someone's gonna get into this game because of my endorsement or something, maybe just fucking buy a skip to like level seventy or something. Uh, you can't do that though. I know. You're gonna miss out on. But but if you like watch videos and just like do a little bit of story catch up stuff before you get into it. I think that's doable. Like if you just start at Shadowbringers, like I think you could, I don't know. Hey, can I give my advice on this? Yes. Very quickly as someone who managed to podcast about every Kingdom Hearts game. Yes. And <laughs> uh, play through Final Fantasy 13 with Yusuf. This is the, the way you got to do these things is like, you know, a, a, what's the saying? Like a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, right? You got to just slow and steady. It's like when you're, I don't know. I in university I lived like pretty far from downtown. So whenever I'd walk home like at two in the morning wasted, it would just be like <laughs> one step. You know, get to the end of this street and then you get to the next street. And eventually I'll be home and you know, maybe I can like eat a piece eat a piece of dry bread and then go to bed. <laughs> um and, and you look forward to that. And I think like with these Final Fantasy fourteen, a realm reborn is not as bad as Kingdom Hearts and I endured. <laughs> um but what I like, you just play it for like half an hour in the morning. You just keep chipping away, and eventually you're at the stuff where you're like, it's not that long. And if you know, I think, you get I think Reed, you like over you're sick. No, you're not sick, <laughs> but I think you like you don't understand how good you are at playing through games that are bad. <laughs> like that is a skill that you have that I do not have. <laughs> Final Fantasy 13 was fucking so hard to finish. Like it was like ter- like I was like pulling my hair. And it's not even that bad a game, but it's like boring, <laughs> and I just I couldn't like, keep. I couldn't keep pushing my. It was like so listen, hard to push myself through it. The nice thing You're about all- <laughs> the nice thing about Final Fantasy fourteen is that if you ever get bored, you can just look at the party finder, and there's like people having a party, and you just go hang out at one of these parties and just witness some of the craziest shit that you've ever seen in a video game in your fucking life. <laughs> I guess so like your Halloween party that you went to. I went to a Halloween party with some friends and there was like 300 people there. And it was one of the wildest things I've ever seen in a video game in my entire life. This game has a... Anyway, I'm just saying there's (laughs) options when you get bored in this game. Wait, how's how's like the Stardew Valley stuff in Endwalker? Because that that like piqued my interest. I've never touched it. Because I have no... Yeah, there's systems in this game that you will never touch. And that's okay. There's so much stuff. It's... Yeah, just a. I mean, it's it is a, a metaverse, world. right? It's, yeah, it's, it's a metaverse. whole world. It's a whole yeah. world unto itself. Maybe like, I'm still learning about systems in this game. Maybe the, the Zuck would have done better if he just tried to buy 
Final Fantasy XIV for people to live in. Just imagine him showing up in his like marketing video and like rabbit He's ears. Wearing, like, armor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rabbit ears. Like, you, uh, everyone. <laughs> Hello. Same with a little oh, little bowl cut. I love to play games. Sia is here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Sia would kind of fit into Final Fantasy XIV. They did a they did a promo video with Sia for Final Fantasy XIV. There you go. Yeah. Oh, I thought she showed up in some metaverse thing. I thought I I was Final Fantasy XIV dog wagging the tail. Game of the year is Final Fantasy XIV. Well, Josh, you should check out Fifteen then, because that's the next installment. <laughs> check out First First Spoken, the game that yeah, killed Fifteen. God, with the hip hop walk. So the writing is really good, dude. In in Endwalker, the writing is so is good. The best when it's in its like baroque mode. That's yeah, that's, that's that's what that's Final Fantasy well. Final Fantasy fourteen yeah. is like Final Fantasy twelve, but better. And I love Final Fantasy 12's writing. Anyway, that that's all I got. Let's wrap it up. We're almost at let's three wrap hours. it. Yes. Um, what a goatee cast, everyone. Thank you to everyone for being here. Yusuf, Zach. Reed, thank you. Um, thank you for having us. It was great. Yeah. Um, we do have other end of the year content that Bullet Points will be doing. Bullet Points, what, what are you guys up to for the end of the year stuff? Where can people find that? <laughs> uh, we're going to do, uh, as, as we have done for many years now, we'll do um, sort of, we do a game of the year type end of year podcast that we do most like favorite and least favorite for, uh, it'll be Yusuf and I and uh, Ethan Gatch of Kotaku will be returning as his holiday tradition and mm. Nicole Carpenter of Polygon, uh, who was also on last year. And uh, yeah, so I think when you're listening to this, that'll probably be up or or about to be up very soon. And then, yeah, other than that, the site, the site itself is not doing any like wild end of your stuff. We're just finishing up some stuff on Battlefield and then moving on to Halo and then it'll be 2022. Before you know it. Or you know it before your eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't Zach? Know, should I talk more about how bullet points is good? Zach, you should Zach, go. What's, what's fun? <laughs> uh, we're just getting the second issue together, ready to roll yeah. it out. And Action. check out Zach's top ten on Twitter and retweet yes. that and stuff. It's fun. Great wild ride. Um, Clouds. you can join us all on Discord uh, if you support our shows, if you support our stuff. Um, check us out, Bad End Podcast on Twitter. I guess you can you can find us there. Um, check out Bullet Points, bulletpointsmonthly.com, Funland Magazine. Just Google us, all that stuff. You can support us and join our community. It's all really hey. really easy. Heterotopias, new issue Power. Check that out. Um, Which actually, I'm working on the next issue of that as well. Um, read. Yeah, there's no, another issue coming Exclusive. out. Before too another much issue. Within and, a year? <laughs> well, I think that was I think that was talked about before. It's like Yeah, like part two. Yeah, Gareth, can you believe it, Yusuf? Like Power Part Two. I love Gareth it. like takes time power. putting together articles instead of just doing them constantly. <laughs> Whatever. That sounds that sounds dumb. It's more it's better to just really kill yourself. You really gotta yeah, you gotta kill yourself to get all your bad parts out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gareth and Reed also Sorry doing the Superculture Review Berserk. Um, they will be picking that up. Um, but yeah, that's us. 
Thank you so much for listening. We hope you had yes, a great sir. 2021. The video games, yes, sir. not the best year for games, not but uh, here's wishing for a better 2022. I think 2020 that's, is going to be that's what, I'll remember, that's what I'll remember by 2021. Not the best like year for games. 2022, we got, I mean, we got Elden Ring. That's going to come out. We're going to get good like, games. We're going to get unionization. Let's go. 2022. Yeah. Hashtag I'm, I'm going to try to get five booster shots next year. You're going to become so powerful. <laughs> I'm going to see how many COVIDs I can get. <laughs> COVID twenty, baby. Yeah. I feel like it's the arch, this is the arch nemesis hero story in the, in the making. <laughs> yeah, if me and Reed start approaching each other. Our like, our uh, our atomic matter starts to dissipate. We'll <laughs> be like Akira or something. Yeah. All right, friends. Thanks for joining, and we'll see you in the new year. Later. Bye. Bye. Another year in the books, dude. 2021 sucked. <laughs> what a bad year. Yeah.